Look here, dude. When I'm beating Michael Jordan one-on-one, I'm listening to Murder Metal Mayhem, Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Well, fuck yeah. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, Pete? Cashman, how's it going, fellas? Doing well, doing well. Kicking some ass here on a Tuesday, doing what we do at Horns High Studios on the Horns High Podcast Network. Episode 129 tonight. Chris, just keep racking them up, dude. Fucking right, man. I got my fucking uh, deep fried gator nuggets sitting here. Nice, (laughs) nice. Uh, You guys doing okay? Pandemic uh, got it under control. Everybody's all good. Hells yeah. Whatever. That's good. Well, (laughs) I know. It's just such a strange fucking time, man. It's just so weird with things getting set up and people are hopeful and then they get canceled. It's so, yeah, that's so weird too. It's like so many things that my work are like moving towards like things are opening back up and i feel like big companies like that know a little bit ahead of time you know what i'm saying right they knew we were going to close probably a week before the world knew we were going to you know right just, like all these heads up shit. are big ball and motherfuckers right. and uh so now it's like things seem to be going a certain way and i feel it's like because they're showing us that it's going to be all right yeah. But at the same time, any second, fucking pull a switch on something, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Big time. Uh, That's what? mayhem. That's the fucking world. It is, mayhem. dude. It <laughs> is. I mean, we did, the, we did that episode on the Black Plague, and we talked about how this is all, you know, how it compares to this and SARS and all this other stuff. And it was an interesting topic. Yeah, so if you're was. interested to... Hear us talk about that. You should go check out that uh, the Black, the Black Plague, Plague episode. That was badass. I don't that would have been at the beginning. It was. it was in like the spring because it yeah. had just started. Right. right. It was about a year ago. I yeah. mean, it's March right now. So That's true. It's yeah. About a year ago. Probably, I'm going to guess April, May yeah. was when we did that, but I'm not 100%. Um, t-shirts, Chris. I like the uh, Bundy shirt Hell you got yeah. on there. Cashman gave me this motherfucker. says, uh, Rest in peace, Theodore Robert Bundy on the front with that famous courtroom picture of right, him on the with front. Him screaming, yeah. Hell yeah. The back of it says, uh, We serial killers are your sons. We are your husbands. We are everywhere. And tomorrow there will be more of your children dead. <laughs> Fucking it's quote by Ted Bundy. Oh, like, damn. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Joey, what do you got on over I'm there? I'm impressing. I fucking memorize that. <laughs> I know. Wow. Shawback Nation. I, uh, I get in some learning sometimes, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing a triple X maniac hoodie. Fucking cool. Ultra violent fucking gore grind, sick shit. Got to play with those dudes in Sheboygan, Wisconsin back in like 2007. Nice. Pretty fucking cool. Very, very cool. And you got your Boston hat on. Got the Boston hat on. It's almost baseball season again. It is. It is. It's weird. It's weird. Getting into spring training, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet what I'm doing with the the sports (laughs) this year. I'm still... I'm liking having the extra free time. I'll be completely honest. Especially baseball. Holy shit. That's That's a lot of games, That's three hours, you know. 
you know, almost every night you're sitting yeah. there. That's a lot of time sitting there watching. I was something. trying to push myself like uh, some of the games just listen on the on the radio. Yeah. So I used to do that whenever I was younger. We used to just drink and hang right. out. So we just have the game on the radio. It was right. Cool. You True. Know? But yeah, some people like the the radio announcers better than the that's true the, the TV ones. Yep. Um, and uh, I've got this brand new decapitated Fuck, yeah, shirt. It's I a got sick fucking shirt. Very fucking sick. Poland death metal. Totally uh, loving those guys. They're in the studio now, so pretty excited about that. And I got a hold of their merch guy. That seems to be the way to go. That's, that's the way. And the merch guy said, as soon as they're out of the studio, he'll let me know, and uh, we could set something up with them. That's so fucking nasty. Be fucking hell bad hell. as hell. I bet a lot of groupies suck some fucking rock star cock by getting to know the merch guy first. <laughs> oh, I you wouldn't know doubt it. it. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. So, uh, all right. So, uh, last week, we did another good one on the Poughkeepsie Killer. Yeah. Little Kendall, Kendall Francois. Francois. And uh, he had a thing for killing prostitutes and stuffing their dead bodies in his attic and crawl space. So it's cool, man. Nobody will notice. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't smell, and yeah. they didn't for a while. That's what's amazing. <laughs> his house was that fucking nasty that he was able to legitimately explain away the smell of eight dead bodies yeah. in the house that were not even hidden, just no. laying around, <laughs> just yeah. laying around. Ridiculous. Definitely a sick bastard. It was a good one. We had CK on talking about Angelus Apatrida from Spain. Hell yeah. Uh, those guys are amazing. And we even played part, part of, the of the interview, interview. Yep. with Guillermo, the singer, guitar player. And we actually released the full interview last week as a bonus episode on Friday. Uh, very, very kick-ass. So give episode 128 a listen if you missed it. And we're closing in on 800. We just passed 800 on that one. And we just hit 600 on the interview with Guillermo. So thanks, guys. Very, very cool. But if you missed either, go check those out. Hell yeah. Now, tonight we got a brutal one, man. Chris, this has been kind of on the list, hanging around for a while. Um, You know, we wanting to do this topic because it's just kind of a almost fun legend type of a story. It it grew to be a legend, for sure. It really did. It really did. But we were going to have Tex on, but unfortunately, Tex has to do some mandatory overtime at the prison, so he will not be here. Yeah, um, but he missed being here because we're doing a Texas case. Right, so. exactly. Because we'll, we'll get Texas. him back on for sure. Oh, he's going to be back on for sure for something. Yeah, we've got a we've got a, t- a topic coming up in the next couple months that we'll be calling him. So uh, so anyway, Tex, we know you wish you were here, and so do we. But uh, you we're talking gonna... about the Bayou episode? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we should have him on there. I'm, I'm reading yeah. the book currently. Oh, cool. We're talking about murder in the Bayou. Yeah, the, the Jefferson County series. 8. Yep. Yeah, that's a good story. So, um, uh, yeah, Pete gave me the book because he got two of them, and I'm currently reading that now, so I'm pretty excited to do that case our way. Yeah, for right. sure, for sure. Uh, it's kind of like the if you if you liked our Sugar Babe episode, <laughs> right. which apparently like, you did because people yeah, fucking were listening. number four episode <laughs> of all time, the Sugar Babe <laughs> That's episode, like crazy as shit, man. Crips, man, just listening <laughs> to it. Hey, yeah. are they talking about us, me? <laughs> yeah, it's actually the episode See. is the oh, yeah, something sorry. about the, the death of Mary Jo Regal or Regal. Yeah, Mary Jo Regal. Yeah. yeah. But that's the Sugar Babe episode. Anyway, that story, thanks to listener Stephanie from Toledo. Vera Joe. Vera Joe, yeah. Yeah, Vera. Um, She she had suggested us do that topic for Mother's Day one year. And uh, we did it, and it was hilarious. And so anyway, um, 
that episode's just killing it. But that uh, Jeff Davis County eight story is uh, like Sugar Babe on the Bayou, right? So, oh yeah, with the whole boudoir in and all this shit. It's it's fucking yeah, Boudreaux in Boudreaux, Boudreaux in. in, and way so, way more fucking like scandalous shit. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I've been giving Tech some crap though. He's got to do a live remote from the Boudreaux in. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll that see. Would be so cool. That would be amazing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's uh, you know what we were going to do tonight was have him on, but rest assured, we are going to forge on, and we're doing this crazy ass case from South Texas, nineteen thirties, and the Joe Ball thing and the alligator pit is just yes. it's just an eye catching headline. I yeah, mean, dude, fucking kills fucking <laughs> waitresses and shit and throws them to this gator. He's right. got a gator pit for fucking disposal bot disposal of the bodies. Dude. That's right. That's, That's right. The reason he's got them. And uh, he had a thing for killing women and throwing them in the alligator pit. At least that's what some believe. And his we'll talk story about became the ultimate oh my God. fucking pulp tale. Totally. Yeah, for totally. sure. Totally, yeah. I mean, it was all over those uh, true detective yeah. magazines and stuff, of course, playing up in the alligator side of it. Um, you know, and some people don't agree that he even did that at all. Right. So we'll talk about it. He was definitely a wild motherfucker. And did some crazy shit and legitimately killed at least oh, two yeah. women. And talking about least. wild motherfuckers doing crazy shit. I heard CK's over on Wild Man. Oh, god damn. He's always <laughs> doing wild shit over What's there. What's he doing tonight? He's uh, he's all fired up. He's going to be talking about SOD. I'm so stoked. On and that. he's been screaming like SOD lyrics and terrorizing <laughs> the citizens of Danbury, doing the Milano mosh up and down Fuck Wild yeah. Man Street. So yeah. he is just going absolutely nuts he's fired up and so we are going to talk to him in the metal segment so it should be good uh got a good killer cage match tonight guys interesting yeah and it's funny how it worked out because it's honestly randomized here we got some listeners to thank we got uh uh, steven lyles again man steven lyles or stefan i'm not sure how he says it but uh Man, thanks for that, dude. You're always there. Hell yeah. And we got Samantha Cram, little gunshot. Yeah, she's got, been on there before. Yes, uh, and we've got uh, Tony Blake. So yeah. thank you all motherfuckers for the numbers. It should be an interesting battle this evening, considering yeah. the variable. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, Joey, we got an interesting one tonight. All-female killer Cat cage match. fight, battle of the bitches, Rosemary West. <laughs> And fucking Uh-oh. Lizzie Borden. Ooh, <laughs> that's two, that's two fucking mean bitches. That is yeah, two for mean sure, bitches, man. Dude. But Rosemary like West are... is pretty stout, though. Dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're both like they're on their period at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be good. Got a couple of objects for him to fight with, and a variable, as Chris said, is interesting. So it should be brutal, and of course, we'll have that in the mayhem segment later on. So that should be fun. Um. All I got to say is, what the fuck with the new creation from Spellbound Effects? Oh, my and God, dude. That, that thing was nasty. The it, beating heart. Oh, it, my actually God. Actually pulsing, dude. Tell it's, me how much it is. <laughs> I will PayPal you the money. I want one of those fucking hearts. You right, know, that motherfucker is going to be fucking top line order for all those escape rooms. Oh, my and all God. That shit. It's so fucking realistic looking. Yeah. But Spellbound Effects and Art. Dot com, amazing. Tony Campagna is a friggin' animal when it comes to the artwork. It looks a lot cooler than the Beaten Heart Temple of Doom. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> so stock up on your gore and visit the amazing online catalog at spellboundeffectsandart.com. Buy some shit. I had Tony on uh, this episode that just came out on Voice, Voice of, Dread of Dread on March 1st, and he was he was great, as always. Uh, good topics and fun to talk to. Talked about his first high school art project he did with animal blood. And the teacher was cool with it, and he got a bunch of blood from the butcher and came in and did it. And then the next day, the whole room stunk, and they oh, had I to bet. take the artwork down. But yeah, so Tony's I'm stoked. I haven't heard that one yet. Sto- Tony's to a trip, and he's a good dude. So check that out, voiceofdread.com. If you didn't hear my episode with Tony Campagna, but we love him here because of the shit he's done and continues to do for us. So. All right, an update on the new shirts. Uh, they will be shipped out this week to us from Faceless Screen Prints. Now, let's yeah. hope that fucking UPS or whoever's delivering <laughs> these things can get their shit together because we've been very patient. Dave has been battling a lot of issues since the order was placed, including himself getting a fucking horrible case of COVID that had him on his back for about a month. Um, so thanks to everybody who advanced ordered for understanding and being cool. We, yeah, for uh, real, thank you, you know, for that. the shirts are so amazing, though. They're worth the wait. And so if you want to get one of these now, especially now, because they'll be here soon, go to the episode description. You can order one and you're going to have this killer Jeff Gaither Artwork art piece with us crawling back. out of fucking graves zombified and then on the back the logo and blood splatter and it's pretty gnarly it's wicked the colors full color front and back i mean absolutely over the top oh yeah color work on this one jeff gaither and then faceless screen prints dave over there killing it with the with the attention to detail so so anyway that's the update with the shirts uh thanks to all you guys listening to the show we see numbers rolling in this week crushing it 4,300 listens. That is amazing. Um, And we are seeing an explosion out of Columbus, Ohio. They are the first top city listening to the show in a neck-and-neck battle, though, with Chicago. I'm not. I'm not. The, is, there's no coincidence that the Sugar Babe episode all of a sudden blows up. Right? And so and does the Columbus, so does Ohio. Columbus, yeah. That's true. That's I know funny. now with uh, me portraying certain characters oh. and commercials we do, <laughs> oh. I need to be careful so I don't get jumped over there. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Because there might be some people that really you know love Punky Brooks. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, um, so yeah, it's it's cool to see cities like that just jump in and and just m- move all the way to number one. But we're seeing other cities too. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, keeps showing up. Hell Manhattan yeah. is like number four. Danbury's always on there. No Bloomington, no normal. What's up with that, guys? That's weird. That is strange. Our local fucking... listeners, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's only so big. You figure about true. You figure. Eh, not everybody. We've outgrown yeah. our hometown. Yeah, San right? Jose, California is on there. Dallas. Uh, just really cool. So we appreciate it very, very much. Now, Joey, you've been doing this page a day. Yes. Uh, the right. Serial Killer Calendar. And we've just been getting a kick out of it. But 
What was one you just did last week that just has us absolutely going uh, crazy? Edwin Riss, the feather thief. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was just such an insane story yeah. about a guy who steals these birds that are so rare that 300 of them are worth a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. And he's crazy, selling dude. this shit on the black market. But what killed us, though, Joey, was at the very end of the little story you read right. from Page a Day, it said what? It said whenever he uh, got through, he wasn't really convicted of too much, and he right. got, he went to Germany right. to play heavy metal flute. <laughs> which if you look to on make YouTube... heavy metal flute videos, videos is what it yeah, said. Yeah, you can go on YouTube and go check those videos out right And now. we were dying <laughs> because I, while you were talking about it, I'm searching YouTube and I'm holding up my phone... Because you guys got to check this out. I've got like a 50-second clip <laughs> of this fucking dude, the feather thief, playing master of fucking puppets. Check this out. That is absolutely insane. Go on YouTube, type in heavy metal flute. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of Game of Thrones. He's yeah. got all kinds of shit on there. So But we're gonna be doing an episode about it. Yeah, we are. We just such a kick out of it. So I go on and also on YouTube there's this documentary I watched about him. And on the documentary there was an author that wrote a book called The Feather Thief. Yep. And I bought it on eBay. Yeah. It's coming tomorrow, so I can't wait. <laughs> so we just it. get totally sucked in this rabbit hole. And so while we're on that, yeah, what else you got us from Page a Day? Yeah, right? thanks, Page a Day. I've only got a couple today, uh, but a couple of really cool ones. So one of the ones they're talking about is DNA profiling. Of course, we <coughs> bring that up a lot in, right. in our subjects, of course, because uh, a lot of people get caught with DNA and a lot of the older cases that we talk about that were linked. Um, such definitely, as Albert definitely. DeSalvo, Boston Strangler. Oh yeah. So, um, the so the first DNA case, the first time DNA was used in a court case, was in 1986. There was uh, the rape and murder of a 15 year old named Don Ashworth in Southwest Leichenstreicher, uh, and the police didn't know what was going on, but it also had similarities to a 1983 killing of a 15-year-old girl named Linda Mann. So there's a guy who confesses to the 1986 rape and murder of Don Ashworth, and it's a local teenager that has learning disabilities, and his name's Richard Buckland. But he insisted that he hadn't killed you know, Linda Mann. Okay. So police decide to contact DNA profile and inventor Alec Jeffries. Alec Jeffries is the man who found dna dna how yeah. to fucking he trace fucking it shit. used it uh on a fucking film left it overnight and it fucking turned into what's known as the case fucking print for um dna molecules so uh they call this guy in 
uh, to see if he could confirm if Buckland was the killer. So he tested semen that was found on both the victims as well as a blood sample from Buckland. Right. And he came to two conclusions, and he was like, okay, so Ashworth and Mann, both victims, they had been killed by the same man. But it wasn't this guy, Richard Buckland, who had confessed to the Don Ashworth uh, homicide. So it wasn't him. He didn't do either one of them. Wow. Uh, and so, he confessed to one of them. And he confessed. He had confessed to one, but he was he was uh, he was mentally challenged. Right. Though. So okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the whole specifics behind that case, but you know, wow. you never really know how much uh, right. You know, pushing by, like, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so the call for DNA samples for men around that community, they eventually led to Colin Pitchfork. Um, and that guy, Pitchfork, he had asked a co-worker to give a DNA sample under his name originally. Oh, damn. Information got back to the police about it, so they went and saw him, got a real sample from him, which confirmed that he killed both the girls. Oh, wow. uh, He pleaded guilty two counts each of murder, rape, and indecent assault, and one count of conspiring to pervert the court of justice. Right. And he was sentenced to life in prison. So that was the first time wow. DNA was ever used in, in a case. Court. Oh, that's wow. fucking that's crazy. Cool. And now it's fucking huge. Oh, it's yeah, everywhere. now it's like a massive yeah, thing, like, like everything. A necessary thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, the second uh, item that I got from Page a Day. Uh, so back in 1912, June 12th, uh, there's a tiny town called uh, Villisca, Iowa. Oh, yeah, Velisca. 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 Oh, so yeah. uh, in the early hours, uh, there was a businessman named Josiah Moore and his wife, Sarah Montgomery. They have four young children and two house guests, and they were all bludgeoned to death with an axe. We which, did Velisca. We did an episode. Yeah, that was on Velisca, the man yeah. on the train. Man from the train. Man from the train, yep. Yeah. So uh, the the axe that was used was Josiah's own axe. Right. right. Uh he received the most blows, and he was so badly mutilated, the blade of the axe, uh, he was missing both eyes. And then the blunt end was used on the rest of the victims. Uh, they found some cigarette butts in the attic and, you know, led to them thinking that the killer had been sitting up there in the attic. Uh, traveling minister Reverend George Kelly, sexual predator with mental illness, was arrested for the crime, but was acquitted in two separate trials. Right. Uh, the murder remains unsolved. Like I said, you guys did it on the Man yeah. from the Train episode. Yeah, they name who they think it is, and they are pretty good convincing, especially the Velisca murders, because yeah. the the swing of the axe, you use the blunt end, and the, so you get the sharp end going up. Right. And the the kids were all in an attic style with a short, yeah, short ceiling. knees or some shit. So he would have had to have been a real small guy, and the guy that they, they figured out it was was, was a really tiny. small dude. Um, but there's a lot more to it than just that he was a small guy, but that was one of many correlations they made where they pretty much think this guy, I think he was from the East Coast, made his way all the way across the United States right. and multiple states killing and just kind of hoboing it on the train and jumping on and off. Go and listen to that episode. It's, it's pretty brutal. One. It's a good one, yeah. Uh, they say, I mean, they say on this that the house where the crime occurred is a museum that you can go. Yeah, yeah. you can hunt. I looked into renting it. Yeah, yeah. It's like 400 bucks for the night for, for like overnight. eight people. Yeah, They've got a barn behind it with power. The house has no power. It's set up exactly as it was. Yeah. Um, there's pictures of it online. You can look at it, but, um, they have a barn out back with all the power. So when they do the ghost hunts and stuff there, they use that as like home base. Right. And then they send people out with the meters and shit like that inside. Yeah. The house is pretty small though. It's, it's pretty tiny. Right. 
but it's cool. Yeah, they they have a like a at least they used to with before before the before the COVID. Before the COVID. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how they're doing it now, but they were doing them. It was like four hundred bucks for like eight people for a night. Huh, pretty to cool. Do them. Yeah, very cool. All right, well. That's uh, page a day has just really uh, been the nice I love the little page source. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. I love it, dude. Yeah, it's a great one. So, all right, well, guys, we got a lot on our plate tonight. Headed down to the great state of Texas, doing a little uh, gator pit action. Fuck. Hopefully, stay the fuck out of it. Yeah. So let's <laughs> get our fucking murder on and eat some gator. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, that new macabre shit, man. Hell Hell yeah, yeah, dude. How do we not play (laughs) Joe Ball was his name from macabre? When we're talking about Joe Ball, I mean seriously, right? Gotcha. I mean, it came out. That album came out perfect timing. It dude. did, and we've we played a clip from it when it came out with the Ramirez song. I know we were all about that, man. That's yeah, that was that shit, first yeah. video they did, right? I yep, think from yep. that Your window was open. Hell yeah, yeah. So we really dig those guys and love that song. And perfect to talk about the crazy story of Joe Ball, a legend. From South Texas, who ran a tavern in the 1930s, right after Prohibition. Prohibition, my ass. Well, he (laughs) he started it out before. Yeah, he was all about that. Uh, Story is, he killed some women and fed them to the alligators he kept behind his bar as entertainment. (laughs) He's known as the alligator man. Not feeding the ladies to the alligators as entertainment. Had the alligators (laughs) for entertainment. Right. He wasn't doing it in front of people like that. Right. Uh, (laughs) But he did do some fucked up shit. The blue beard of South Texas, that's a good one. But the more famous one, Joey, the butcher of Elmendorf. Yes. As if Elmendorf was this huge place. is like 600... People there. What, so. what is uh, what is uh, Uncle say in that documentary? He's like, it's a big city, counting all the chickens and dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old Bucky Bell, yeah, or Bucky Ball. Bucky Ball. Um, so it's a wild story. There are some discrepancies as to what really happened, and that's what happens with these legend type stories, right? And it's a lot of fun, though. You know, I mean, it's a dark subject, obviously, but we like to have a little fun. And this one is just rife with that shit. But, Chris, do you think a lot of our fans, our listeners that listen to us for the true crime stuff, do they know Joe Ball? Or do you think he's more of an obscure one that not the run of the mill would know? I think he's kind of obscure, but, I mean, if you're a real fan, I mean, I honestly personally didn't know about him until just within the last year or so like which isn't that short of a time but right i don't know i think people don't really know about him as much as just because it's an older case right and like i said the legend of it's just weird yeah i mean it it gets almost fantastical like this can't be real yeah um joey is it the obvious thing that grabs your attention with this story yeah i mean the possibility that somebody's feeding their victims to gators of course right it's brutal also with this one um growing up watching you know cult horror flicks my whole life like eating alive was oh yeah dude when i watched as a kid and then you hear the 
that was based on true stories. Of course, right. you try to look it up, and as you'll tell, like, I mean, this was such an older case. There wasn't as much out there about it. A lot more was speculation and uh, people's opinions, I guess, that created uh, right. legend. But at the same time, as a young kid, if all you're seeing is talking about this dude who definitely killed some people and he definitely had gators, like that's right. what your mind's that's putting the, together. Yeah, that's, so. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah oh, the gators definitely, definitely, definitely makes it sensational. And like you said, eating alive, you know, is based on it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about that for sure. Uh, Joe Ball was born in 1896 in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, comes from, uh, you know, some fucked up stock. Uh, he was the great, great, wait, the great, great grandson. <laughs> I want to make sure I had that right. Of John Crenshaw, yep. who was this notorious figure from southern Illinois, who was a notorious slave trader, kidnapper, general, just total piece of shit. Like, he was the most ruthless of the ruthless. Yeah. Like, he was, uh, they were talking like he would find freed slaves. And like keep them, yeah, wow, I and, uh, and enslave yeah. them or whatever. Pretty bad dude. Uh, Joe Ball's father, Frank, was a well-known uh, guy in the area. Um, he basically put Elmendorf on the map. Uh, he operated several businesses, grocery store, two cotton gins that made him extremely yeah, wealthy. He, when he brought the cotton gins down yeah. over into there, yeah. Yeah, it was huge. Let it me was go huge. back to Illinois real fast. <laughs> yeah, Because there was something else I forget. Uh, so at that time, you know, slavery was technically illegal in Illinois territory. Right. So Crenshaw and these others, they operated a black market where slaves and free blacks were, were bought and sold and traded with the South. So he was oh running God. this operation. Um they tried the to prosecute human trafficking. Right. They tried to right. prosecute him for his crimes twice, like the state authorities, but uh he got off on it both times. Now I'd have to look more into this, but supposedly Crenshaw's house is still there and it's nicknamed the old slave house and it's reportedly haunted. No shit. Oh wow. In southern Illinois? Uh yeah, I mean that's some fucking which yeah. I can't remember if they said Saline County. Yeah, I think it's way down there. I'd have to look, yeah. but yeah, it's it's definitely very far southern Illinois. You can oh, okay. They say uh, you can find the old slave house in the small town of Equality, Illinois. Oh wow, that's Equality. A, that is the weirdest. Yeah, name that's for, a fucked up name for a racist fuck? motherfucker. You know what I'm thinking though? Is like we go down to Full Terror and shit. Like if that's like somewhere anywhere near that, yeah, we you go can check definitely that out. do that. Make dude, a stop. Yeah. Make a stop. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Since no, that's cool. Part yeah. of this is. I mean, we're talking about this dude that's so fucked up, but this is definitely his his genealogy. Yeah. Fucked is up. doing some shit like that. <laughs> now, his dad also got wealthy buying and selling farms during the Depression where he was buying them for pennies on the dollar from the banks that were just eager to fucking get, get rid, rid of, of it. Them. Yeah. And he was just cashing in once everything came back up. You know, he owned a lot of uh, farm buy this so. here dirt farm? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all he's got to do is, you know, hit the one Walmart that wants to come in there, and then he's, like, rolling, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Elmendorf is in South Texas, uh, about the middle of the state, about 15 miles southeast of San Antonio, which is a really, uh, really, really cool city. Uh, the town was thriving back in the day with a grocery store, hotel, and more. The Ball family had many prominent members in the town of Elmendorf, 
And now the sign outside the town shows 664 people. Sons of bitches. I mean, Chris, I that's awfully some twins close. or something, man. I mean, come on. Come on, dude. I mean, we should move six, down six. there and bring it to 666. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, fuck, dude. Yeah. That's fucked up. So you guys need to, like you said, have somebody have twins. <laughs> Let's get that number up to 666. Get six, two more six. chickens, guys. Come on. <laughs> two more motherfucking chickens. Grab that dog. <laughs> um Joe had a normal childhood, basically. They had money. Um, You know, it was said he was a hell of a shot. I love this. The nephew, Bucky Ball. What did he say, Joey? Oh, that he could shoot a fucking bird off a telephone line from the bumper of his Model A Ford. (laughs) I heard that over and over again (laughs) with stuff I listened to about him. Uh, We'll talk about Bucky Ball a few times in this segment. Very cool, dude. Um, what he, does that mean? Like off the bumper of your Model A Ford? Like, so you like, standing on yeah, the like bumper? Standing or, on it or sitting on it, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to picture like, watch, I'm going to stand on this bumper. Right. I'm shoot that bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing like with Probably one foot propped up or sitting yeah, on it. You know. Sitting on your head with your feet on the right, bumper. Right. Yeah. It's still, it just sounds funny. It is funny. <laughs> so anyway, we'll talk about him. And I think he inspired the buck character in the horror classic eaten alive of course uh, we'll talk about that later too uh joe volunteered to join the army during world war one in 1917 and some say it really changed him i heard that quite a bit chris uh, with this one yeah i did too like his mind wasn't right but obviously yeah, it's World War One. Seen that some wasn't... awful shit. Trench warfare. I mean, yeah, he was brutal. In there for a minute man. Too, Chemical so. warfare. Brutal. He gets out in 1919, a totally different person. Some would say. Um, Bucky would say later that he felt that that was the reason for the uncle's, you know, odd and crazy behavior. Like I um, said, it makes sense. They didn't have like therapy or anything yeah, like that for people coming back from right. war back then. It was just like, oh. Shell shock. He's fucked up. Fuck yeah. him, whatever. And basically. I mean, think about now how much veteran suicide is out there, and that's with the help. Could you right. imagine what it would have been like this day where right. there's nobody there to there's help? They didn't have no idea. You know, you're just basically dealing with the shit on your own. Um, and that's that's awful. Um, Joe started out bootlegging, uh, doing some prohibition alcohol sales, Chris. Shit. Yeah, man. Out of the back of his truck, uh, making a nice fucking pile yeah. of dough. Uh, his father, you know, had good business sense, and so did he, but in a little bit of a different way. Um, and he was uh, had this guy that he hired that was kind of like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Drove him around, did a lot of his manual did more work. More than that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Clifford Wheeler, um, and you know, like you said, Chris, did he just do that kind of stuff? But he admitted to doing some pretty nasty yes, shit. He did. Uh, Joe was rumored to get drunk and shoot Clifford's feet to make him dance. So that's pretty fucked up. Dude, I, I, all I picture is like the fucking old westerns. <laughs> right. Come on, partner, dance. dance. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all I picture. I'm sure yeah. that's what it was like. Oh, too. I'm sure. I'm like, sure. Oh my god, dude. But the legend grows with this <laughs> right. guy, right? And you're definitely going to hear a lot more about Clifford Wheeler in this. Oh one. Yeah, yeah, big time. Now, after Prohibition, Joe bought some land and opened up his own bar called the Sociable Inn. I oh, like yeah. that. That'd be a good T-shirt to get. That would be, that would be a t-shirt. badass. We should t-shirt. do a commercial for that. Too. That would be great. Let's <laughs> great let's. idea, bro. Hell yeah. Joe had a uh, reputation as being a bad motherfucker. You did not want to mess with. He always hired young, attractive barmaids to bring in the male customers. 
And many of the people in town were very fucking afraid of him. A lot of stories he about said that. He could tell the girls were not from town when getting off the bus and shit because they're looking around and shit. Right. Like it was somebody that those were the, the ones to go yeah, talk to. Yeah, that's where to. he went to talk to. It was somebody that obviously knew the town. They get off the bus, go directly where they want to go. Right. So he just like that one right there. Boom. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, uh, he had a way to uh, to bring him in. And like you said, from out of town, not knowing what there's, you know, what they're going to do. And here he is. Hey, I can get you a job right now. And At my so, bar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, his big attraction was the pond that he built out behind the bar with the six alligators. Fuck yeah. In. Now... I read a few accounts that they like put these lines out and the alligator twists. I saw, that was pretty gnarly because yeah. they go in the death row and basically fucking wrap themselves up. Right. I was like, so That's they just keep cool. reeling themselves into they're like up against the tree. Yeah, and they then, tie them to a tree and yeah, then they yeah. fucking lasso their wow. fucking mouth and they yeah roll themselves. Man, that's fucking. Could you imagine dude. being the motherfucker that's got to go do that? I mean, I'll tell you what, fucking I, crazy. I would too. rather catch them that way than fucking jump on them and try to fucking wrestle. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve Irwin with them crocodiles. Yeah, Steve Irwin would be on like, oh, in a five-long crikey right there. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Now, alligators apparently were common in the San Antonio River, which I didn't realize that in Texas they had them. So, yeah, right. this is not a you know an unusual thing. And they said fucking, I mean, they had had, because it's not like the most common animal to that territory, no. but at that time they had had so many seasons of flooding that it had created a huge fucking water basin. Right. Uh, they like the still water. When I lived in Texas, fucking, um, I, I might have already told the story about care. Fucking, <laughs> when I lived there, I lived in uh, Sherman, Texas, which is like northeast corner, so it's fucking super inland and shit so you're not seeing shit like other texas has it's basically like around here you know what i'm right. saying like uh, right. geographically but uh where i lived i remember all of a sudden fucking some farmer's pond there was a fucking gator in it and it was like fucking three days or something and they were like oh hunting with chicken and, and they got the yeah. gator out and it was, i mean six foot gator it's not fucking huge but i don't give a shit you know oh, like i was scary, like dude. i never thought that that animal would be up where i was at so i've been <laughs> in these waters and shit you know what i'm saying <laughs> and yeah man so anyway they, they said that the same thing that there had been especially from katrina so much fucked up uh oh, flooding wow. and all that that the alligator had probably hot ponds all the way up there oh my god so yeah, just no. They're talking Whew. about him. So that's how they. He kept. I don't know if he ever had like the six same gators. He probably like had a I'm couple not different sure. ones. I'm or, not sure. I know that that they said he had six of them yeah, in this little yeah. pond, um, and he would charge people to watch him feed the gators, which was usually cats, dude. That's so dogs. Fun. Like they just stray cats and dogs raccoons, off the street, fucking fucking squirrels, whatever. Just toss them in there live, and motherfuckers are paying for this, going, yeah, fuck right? yeah, dude. That's <laughs> just. Fuck up, man. I, I read a couple accounts. <laughs> they said uh, Elton Coode Jr., whose father was a Bexon County deputy sheriff, right. and, and he helped investigate yeah. Ball and later wrote the book, uh, The Wild and Free Dukedom of Bexar. Yeah. So <clears throat> he said, it was common knowledge every Saturday night a drunken orgy occurred. Yeah, Any wild <laughs> animal, possum, cat, dog, or other animal without an owner helped make the show a little better. Get drunk, throw an animal in, and watch the alligators, he wrote in the book. And then wow. another account was found in a San Antonio Public Library where it said, uh, 
the the squalling kitten flopped into the pool a big alligator lifted its jaws closed like a vice and the screaming cat was bitten in half there's more to come my pets big joe ball shouted as the drink crazed crowd roared in appreciation and then he tossed in a puppy into the bloody pool god <laughs> damn bro <laughs> that's some brutal shit yeah so yeah. i mean no matter what you whatever's true about this story there was definitely brutal yeah. shit going on so. oh yeah for sure for sure oh man i mean it's just it becomes local legend, and that's yeah. why this story got so uh, sensationalized because of the whole tie-in with the gators and you know these wild fucking parties, people throwing fucking animals into this fucking pit. I mean, this is just nuts. Now, Joey, once we get to this part of the story, the alligators definitely had a unique slant yeah. to true crime. I mean, we're laughing about it because it's this crazy attraction, right. but... You know, if he only killed a couple former girlfriends, we probably wouldn't even know who Joe Ball is. No, but, truly. And just especially like an old tale down in the fucking South, like that shit sometimes happened. You know right. what I'm saying? So nobody oh, would have sure. fucking pay attention. Right. <clears throat> the fact that you can attach the, the gator pond and the speculation. Right. Because, <clears throat> I mean, who the fuck knows? Because they say he may have had up to 20 victims. Right. I have no idea where any of those numbers are coming from. It was just based on his logs of girls that he had. Uh, yeah, well, there were so many of them that were legitimately missing. They yeah. did. We'll get to it. They found a couple, but there were right. still others. Remember, a, a man, too. Yeah, remember uh, Bucky Ball was talking about his uncle, you know, would just watch people coming into town, and he right. could see by the way that they got off a bus yeah, if they yeah, knew exactly saying, where yeah. they were going, or if they were looking around trying to figure out where they were at. Right. That's how you're like, okay, this motherfucker has no idea what's going on, so go right. approach them. Oh, I can get you a job. So yeah, he had a perfect fucking operation going for luring oh, these people yeah. in, and he could have been killing them and defeating the gator. I mean, if if he enjoys feeding other shit to the gators, why not feed a human? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but the only thing was, is, you know, we'll get to it, but after they fucking closed the case and they searched the whole gator pail, like they didn't find any kind of. Right. No, not at all. Right. But who knows in today's climate with DNA and stuff. Of course. What you could have found. Of course. But yeah. Because we're then, talking 1938. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, Joe met Minnie Goddard, uh, known as Big Minnie, uh, 1934. <laughs> Every bitch in this story. Every female. <laughs> but they all have nicknames. They it's so do. Awesome. They do. So Big Minnie in 1934, Minnie. she meets Joe. Lucky day. Uh, his friends did not like her, but he didn't care. And she helped him run the bar for almost three years. Uh, before Joe begins having an affair with one of the young barmaids, another nickname, Dolores oh, Buddy. Buddy, good <laughs> like, What <wait>. the fuck? <laughs> and I they mean, keep referring to him by the nicknames, yeah, and it's yeah. like I had to keep using their names because I couldn't do it. Um, but Buddy, Buddy Goodwin, uh, despite the fact that Joe once threw a bottle at her, leaving a <laughs> scar from her eye to her neck, but she was in love with Joe Ball. Hey, she came yeah. back and said that, like, no, he wasn't throwing it at me. He was throwing it at another guy. Right, he just right. was off aim. I mean, like, <laughs> holy fuck, though, coming out of the depression, Eye too, to the and neck, shit, dude. this guy has a business and everything else. So, But from all accounts, the dude's <laughs> ugly as shit. There's only one picture of him. Right. But, uh, from all accounts, he wasn't an attractive dude. But, but he, he had that money back women. in the day. Yeah. And you got money, and people didn't have money yeah, then. Yeah, a business. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so buddies, you know, getting bottles thrown at her. She's in love with this fool. Uh, very soon after 1937, Hazel is Shotzi. Another, Shotzi, Shotzi Brown. <laughs> Me- 
Megan's working there. She's only 22, and apparently Shotzi is sweetheart in, in German. German. Yeah. So, Shotzi. Shotzi Brown. So uh, <laughs> this story is just rife with these great names. Yeah. Uh, so Joe falls in love with Shotzi, and he starts a fucking train wreck of a workplace because he's messing around with three different women that work at this little tiny bar. I mean, Chris, did you see the fucking pictures of this place? It yeah. looks like a shack. Oh yeah, it's so like I mean, shed. it's a small, it's it's like the size of this garage. So he's working <laughs> with three women. He's messing around with me. They'll never know, problem. dude. They'll never know. <laughs> oh my god, sounds like a mess in fucking progress. Oh my god, Chris, dude. not a good idea to date people typically at work, but in a bar no. that's the size of a tool shed not three of them at the same time for sure definitely not no you're just waiting to or wishing to get like a i mean car keyed if all all four of you are cool with it whatever but if you're trying to hide it don't do it dude (laughs) not a good idea now the summer i don't know from experience i'm just saying (laughs) oh don't do it (laughs) stupid yeah big time uh, summer of 1937 is when Minnie is turning up missing. Uh, Joe said she gave birth to a black baby and left town. He was like, nobody's going to ask questions if I say that because nobody right. wants no, to talk nobody about will. that. Right. Exactly. They're yeah, like, 1937. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, not okay. Go- yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, a few months later, Joe married Dolores and confided in her that Minnie didn't run off. But instead, he took her to a beach and shot her in the head. He told her that he made Clifford Wheeler help bury the body in the sand, but Dolores does not believe him. So I saw something else too, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was just one spot. And with this story, there's so much, you know, infrequent true facts, of course. But that she was pregnant with his kid, right? And that's why he killed her, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know if that was ever true, and I don't know if they ever like substantiated that with an autopsy or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that either. I wondered the or, same or thing. Or if he was just tired Part of her. Part of the legend. Right, know. or if he was just tired of her and he sure. was more interested in his other girls. So he's like, okay, well, I'll get rid of this one. Right. Which could have been the case. But yeah, I'm sure that was. Yeah, but also, yeah, if she got pregnant, he might have been like, fuck that. I ain't putting up with no kid. Exactly, exactly. Feed it to the gator. Feed it to the gator. <laughs> Just go have birth in the birthing pool over there. <laughs> oh, don't mind him. Oh, then her. Yeah. If um, we do Joe Ball's fucking uh, whatever the his sociable end, sociable, sociable in, if we do a commercial, we'll have to bring up the fucking the, the, birthing, the birthing pool, pool the gator <laughs> birthing pool, like a spa, yeah, spa treatment. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We're writing this as you listen. That's right. A few months later, Joe marries Dolores. I'm getting confused. Bucky Ball. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And confided in her that Minnie didn't run off. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Not uh, Buddy Ball now. Dolores is now Buddy Ball. Oh, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Bucky Ball is the nephew. Buddy Ball is Buddy now. Ball is now. <laughs> it sounds like a bad infomercial. Buddy Ball. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Stick oh, with Dolores God. on that. Yeah. I know. That's why I, I could. I could. Buddy but, Ball. But that's my <laughs> husband, but her uh, wife, Buddy Ball. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just such a crazy story. It's so ridiculous. 
uh, Dolores just is not believing any of this shit. Now, yeah. Dolores... She gets in that, an accident. She gets in a bad accident. <laughs> She's trying to fucking sign out the... Because that's how you told <laughs> yeah, people you right. turned back then. Right, yeah. And this truck fucking goes by carrying a wide load of cedar planks and fucking just wipes her arm off. <laughs> <laughs> but the way Bucky said it, said it just fell off. Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. yeah. It was her just gone. Just, it was gone. Just it fell off. <laughs> Yeah, rumors got around though that like no no no, the gator ripped her fucking arm off. Right, Everybody yeah. started the rumors yeah, like no, yeah. that was a gator fucking yeah, tore her arm off. That would be the perfect rumor, <laughs> dude, you know. The, dude, that builds to the legend. Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dolores is unfortunately left with just one arm, and of course that's where all the rumors come in. <laughs> and I wonder if that's where Toby Hooper got the idea for the innkeeper on Eating Alive having his leg bitten off as part of the story. Until I was reading the notes, I had never put that together in my mind. But, yeah, that's oh, probably okay. exactly where he came up with that, I would almost bet. Yeah. It made for a funny part later on, you know, whenever it's like. Right. But, uh, no, I think. Yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, after looking over the whole case again, I think you're right. That's probably where he got it. Now, uh, Joey, it sounds like all kinds of crazy shit is going on in Joe Ball's life, but his nephew, Bucky, would stand up for him no matter what. Yeah. There were the stories of Joe's siblings trying to cash in on his fame, and what do you think? I mean, Bucky definitely seems to be a family kind of guy and just didn't like people talking shit about his, his yeah, uncle. Yeah, and whenever right? he was around through, I mean, he was so fucking young. Like, he was a fucking toddler, right. Right. Yeah, young like, kid whenever, you know, Joe Ball was like... I mean, he was alive to see, like, the the inn or whatever, but... Um, the sociable inn. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... Basically, he probably... So, he probably grew up hearing all that bullshit almost from his teens on, you know what I'm saying? Right. With the fucking... Uh, with the... Uh, exposure and just hearing all this shit but he was talking about people would send him you know like the true detective magazines things like yeah that, that like, guy hey, was in the wrote army a story with... about your uncle right and, but yeah. it was always the case with that gators and shit yeah so I... so he was real big on you know what i'm saying like chris was saying like hey say whatever the fuck you want about me you can talk about me well he was really polite actually so yeah, he he's like i'd fuck. rather you cuss me out than uh then talk about my town or talk about my uncle yep. fucking right. Yeah, he's just like just cuss me out. Yeah. Yeah. He also said that one story uh somebody brought this magazine. It'd be funny if you were relate like uh this when he was in college oh, or whatever. The last name no, he was in the yeah, army. The last, yeah, he was in the his, army. That's his, what it was. Yeah. His buddy in the army, his mom sent, sent him a Bucky or Bucky's Bucky. Friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh and thought this is funny because your last name is ball and he's like this is actually yeah, his my uncle, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure she was probably like jaw drop like yeah. oh i'm sorry well, it was a bad. joke you know so yeah this guy had been you know defending this all his life oh, and it yeah. showed that he was just kind of sick of it and like hey you know like leave him alone it's enough you know the the story has just gotten way out of hand right now dolores she turns up missing and so did hazel um, rumors are going around that Joe killed the women and fed him to the alligators. A uh, neighbor once complained about the smell of rotting meat in the alligator pond. Uh, and Joe was very protective of the gators and threatened the guy with a gun, telling him to basically fuck off <laughs> and said, you better keep your mouth shut or I'm going to feed you to the gators. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that went over. Well, the neighbor moved away. To a different a city. Idea. Yeah. yeah. He's like, fuck this dude. 
Um, I also read that one citizen said the women were all whores, right? And they moved on like whores do. That's so that's that, real nice, dude. Real right. fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucked up. So you know, it's just some of the stupidity that went on in that era. You know. Yeah. Um, now Minnie's family continued to ask questions about her, but she was still missing. Uh, they went to Bexar County Sheriff's Office and asking about Joe Ball's possible involvement since they knew he was her boyfriend at the time. They talked to Joe, but nothing is done. Of course, you know, town of that size, you got the whole good old boy, you know, is the Ball family. They're all involved in politics and teachers and postmasters and all this other stuff. And more than anything else, they had no corpse. Right. Yeah, there was no way to yeah. do anything about it. So they really didn't push him too hard about it at that time, but you know, they really didn't have anything to go on. And Chris, I don't think I would want to fuck with some dude with a temper like this with an alligator pond behind his bar. That's fucking sketchy, man. Like Yeah. Especially the stories that are going around already. If you right. got that in your fucking head that oh, this dude's gonna kill me some yeah. time and throw me in, I'm gonna get eaten by <laughs> gators. Right. Like it kind of shies you away from fucking confrontation with the person, I'm sure. Well, yeah, especially in 1930s Texas. Yeah. You know, in the middle of fucking nowhere. In a town full. In this little town that your whole family runs. 666 people. Yeah. And it's about, you're just going to feed them all to the gators. Fuck it. <laughs> now, another woman, Julia Turner, she turns up missing. Her family went to the police Knowing that she had also worked part-time at the bar, the cops went to Joe again, but Joe told them uh, that, you know, she said that she was having some personal issues and moved away. And then the cops went to Julia's apartment, spoke with her roommate, and she said Julia didn't come to take any of her stuff, which obviously Chris is going to draw suspicion. Yeah, you if know. you're going somewhere, you're taking... At least your personal things, right. you know, and she didn't take anything. So the cops go back to talk to Ball. Now he changes his story, and he's telling them that he lent her 500 bucks, but he never saw her again. I so, just didn't want to look like a fool. Right. I, I, <laughs> gave, I gave her money. She said she'd bring it back. She didn't bring it back. Right. <laughs> so then two more of Joe's former employees turned up missing. I couldn't find any details on those. Uh, um, the police brought Joe in for questioning again. Uh, or he's brought in this time, um, and he was let go due to lack of evidence. So they really don't have anything on him. Uh, September 1938, a former neighbor told the cops that he witnessed Joe cut the meat from a human body and feed, feed it to it the to alligators. alligators. Yeah. yeah, so. It's it's so hard to tell, though, because I saw that, too, and it's like, okay, at that time, man, you're trying to get your name out there, like, right. a little publicity. Like, right, because oh, it's after, I saw. Sure. Kill, yeah, after and, the and whole... And there's been tons of cases that shit happening, and back then, it was probably easier to run with it, like, oh, no shit. Right. Yeah, nowadays, they would investigate and be like, uh, or fuck, it's probably on video now, everything, but... Right, <laughs> that's true. But no, back then, like, yeah, somebody could definitely have been like, oh, this is where I can get fucking in on the story or whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Not saying that's what happened, I'm just saying possible. Right, right. Uh, another person told the cops about a foul-smelling barrel covered with flies. That doesn't yeah. sound good, Chris. No, not at all. Uh, Joe left this behind his sister's barn. 
Um, it smelled like, quote, something was dead inside. Yeah, unquote. and it's funny because Joe's sister said, yeah, no, that's what yeah. it fucking smelled like. Yeah, she it threw him under the bus. Like She's co- like, like, no. I ain't covering yeah. for you. I don't know what was in that. I know it reeked of death. Right. I'm not covering <laughs> for you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> now, Joey, the cops go there the next day. The barrel's gone. I wonder why they waited a day to go back and it get it. It is weird as fuck. I wonder the who only, got rid of it. <laughs> the only thing I was wondering is possibility. like uh, They tipped them off and said, you better go get rid of that barrel. Well, I'm saying for them not going to check it out, the only reason I could think was if it was getting late and back then with no lights and stuff True. they just would do things in the morning yeah it's, that would we've seen sense. that a couple of times like with a couple of the stories we yeah out. but anyway uh with him like i mean i would say probably clifford wheeler moved it if anybody did it well he talks about it that they did go get it and that's right. when they hacked it up and stuff we'll get to that yeah, yeah so i mean i definitely agree that that's probably what happened with it but yeah you're right like why the cops wait all that time? You almost wonder in a small town, did somebody go tell somebody, hey, you better go let him know whatever's hey, in that fucking yeah, barrel. You better yeah. get rid of that shit, man, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, conveniently, they go there the next morning and it's gone. I mean, you know? she could have fucking, she could have been blowing up at him and been like, I'm going to tell him right now this motherfucker's here or whatever and left. And that's whenever he turned right around and walked outside and like, okay, well, then we'll move it. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, deputies went back to the bar to bring Joe in for questioning. Things are starting to add up. Uh, they told Joe they had to bring him in, but Joe asked if he could shut the bar down first. Um, <laughs> and so they, they sat at the bar and waited for him. Uh, he drank a beer. Chris just slammed it down. Yeah, and then he's, uh, when he opens the cash register to close out, you know, happens to have a forty five revolver. Right. Fucking... Turns around, points it at his own heart, and just like blasts through his fucking chest. Yeah. And what was uh his uncle Bucky? What was he saying? Like uh, he turned himself so it didn't go through him and shoot the cops. Shoot he was the his cop. friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the cops were friends of his yeah. that he hunted with and stuff, and so he didn't want to kill them. So he turned around and faced them, and then shot himself in the heart so that it would go into the he wall. Knew that gun was strong enough; it would have gone through both of them. Yeah. So 45. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the, you know, that's, that's the, the story. And then there's some others that say that he got, he shot himself in the head. In either case, he died. He fell to the floor dead. And that was uh, obviously the way it ended. Um, police from all over the place searched that bar as more missing person cases popped up. Even a young man who was known to frequent the tavern. They found an axe with blood matted on it and lots of rotting meat around the gator pond. They bring in Clifford Wheeler, uh, Chris, and he's like the linchpin here. I mean, he knows a lot. Yeah, he literally knows where the bodies like are buried. We said, he, he, uh, like we said earlier, he he, he was, helped. He helped more than just driving around, right? And right. Yard work and yeah, shit. like well, Joey said, work. you know, once you start learning more about Clifford Wheeler, you know, there's a lot more. Yeah. that he was involved with that you know on the surface he's just the driver and the guy that you know does the dirty work so to speak but you know how oh, far yeah. the dirty work went <laughs> obviously yeah. went you know much further than anybody would have thought um so they bring him in and initially he denies anything but he starts changing his story and he tells the cops that uh, Hazel had met another man and Joe didn't want to let her go so he killed her 
Uh, Wheeler also said that she uh, accused Joe of killing Minnie, and that's why he flew off the handle. And I read something, I think, where he pistol whipped her to death. Um, I believe so. Um, So, you know, brutal stuff. Uh, Chris, the story that Clifford Wheeler told them about how they get rid of Hazel is absolutely fucking brutal. That's who uh, they went out, they... They went out. They uh, right. He told them where to dig, and they dug up, and they found her arms and legs and her torso, but not right. her head. Like three miles outside of yeah. Elmendorf. Right. Yeah. And uh, they they asked where her head was, and he pointed at a campfire that was a long, like an old campfire spot. Right. And so they dug through there and ended up finding jawbone, teeth, yeah, blood, skull fragments, everything. So. They crushed your head, and that's not cool, man. Yeah, that's really fucked up, man. I saw something else, too, where they had found uh, on top of the head was like an old shirt or some kind of thing where he had tried to burn it right, to get rid of it. Right. Yeah, he tried. I mean, it was kind of sloppily done, you know, right. obviously. Sloppily but, butchered. But, <laughs> but, you know, Clifford took him right to the spot. They said the smell was absolutely un- atrocious. And they had to get drunk so they could fucking dismember that body <laughs> with the so hacksaw, great. man. Yeah. That's just oof. definitely, definitely brutal. Um, and then like, when they asked Clifford about... like like uh, people standing by watching it and it smells yeah. so bad? Yeah. That yeah. Like the crowd that was there looking at this <laughs> behind the police tape, so to speak. Yeah, fucking, they were like throwing up. They were yeah. like puking because it was so bad. Like, yeah. I thought it was weird because they kept saying like the blood was bubbling up yeah. from the ground. I'm like, wait, what the hell? How does that happen? Yeah, I don't here? know if they were just at that certain stage of decomposition right. where they were like bloating and just, yeah, I, I don't just know. That it was just weird. fucked up. Lard yeah. acid created an ultimate barf around. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, stand by me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So they asked Clifford about Minnie, and he tells the police that Joe took her to Inglewood, not California, but a town by Corpus Christi. (laughs) South Central. And got her drunk and shot her in the head. Right. And that was the story that he told uh, with one of the others. I can't remember. She didn't believe him. Right. Um, Joe said that she told him she was preg- he, that she was pregnant. And he didn't want to, you know, ca- her to cause problems yeah. for him with Dolores. So I mean, he's just trying to juggle this shit, and it ain't working. Clifford told them that he helped buried uh, Joe bury her in the sand when they dug up the area that Clifford told them to. They find her fifteen feet down, covered in a sand. Which dune. you got to think if they, which is probably pretty close, they probably. Dug about a six foot fucking dip or a hole. Right. Covered her. And by the time they find her, she's 15 feet down. So that's how much fucking sand is washing up on this duned area. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if that would have gone too much longer, they probably never would have found her. Yeah. Which also, because they had done that, she was really well preserved, they said. Right. Dried. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, So, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they find her 15 feet down. Uh, Clifford was asked about so the other missing women, but of course he denies anything else. Uh, Joey, do you think that Joe was involved in murdering more than Hazel and Minnie? I mean, earlier you said there are some accounts people think right. it could be as many as 20, but yeah. what do you think? I mean, I, I mean I'm not going to put it past him that he was involved in anything else. He probably was because uh, just the way that he lived his life, I mean, he... Uh, 
I don't know, the war changing him the way that it did from all accounts from everyone else. And I just, right. he probably was involved in a lot of, uh, you know, brutal situations over there and coming back it wasn't shit to him i'm sure right and like i said living the lifestyle he did he was constantly around hookers and i'm sure drugs and booze and right i thought i saw somewhere too that somebody thought he was dealing narcotics oh i'm sure he was I did I mean, see which I have no if, if you got a hot spot hooker bar down in oh, fucking yeah. south texas i'm sure you're fucking in that yeah you got sure. something yeah yeah, he was involved in lots of things, and I agree. I wouldn't put it past him either. He just seemed like he didn't really have a whole lot of regard for anything being legal or not. No. It's just like whatever's going to make me money and I'm yeah. going to have some fun doing it, then, then fuck it, you know. Um, the police find a scrapbook back at the sociable inn that Joe kept with pictures of at least a dozen women, and they suspected that Joe was involved with more than the two murders but, you know, they just couldn't prove it. Um, oddly, I read that Joe believed that without a body, it was impossible for a person to be found guilty of murder. So that was always his thing, right. which so makes you wonder about having thing, a gator like, pit. Yeah, you know? yeah. It kind of adds up, you know. It's like uh, Holmes having the giant furnace built in the basement. Like, you I know? wonder what you're doing with that. Right. Oh. <laughs> the way I look at it, though, is uh, what changed, though, if he had done that successfully, fucking disposed of full bodies with his gators, why did he not do that with the other ones? Right? That why they would were, you bury right, that? They could go find. Why would you dismember them and and do know, all that? The barrel, um, unless you just really wanted to do that, and that's fine. But they say with serial killer, very rarely will they change an mo like that right if you got an mo with some fucking gators you're fucking yeah you're set to go like, <laughs> so, i mean it's hard to unless, tell. yeah unless for some reason he decided now he wants to start revisiting the fucking right and that's what i'm yeah, saying there's always possible. possibilities and situations that you know, yeah and i think the fact that he was messed up from the war i mean god only knows what was going on he in just his said head, fuck it know? this small town's mine right right yeah, just basically like fucking. Ken McElroy, but fucking murderous, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not the one getting killed. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy story. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, what you believe, whether it's the two or, you know, upwards of 20, but like with stories like this, you know, it just leaves the, the table wide open for all sorts of sensational stories back at a time when the true detective magazines were a thing comics and, right, and all the pulp fiction shit yeah, yeah the pulp fiction stuff and then spawning you know the ideas for like you said the movie um you know it's just it's really really like the perfect story for something like that and until that uh, newspaper editor michael hall in 2002 we've referenced his article it's fantastic uh in the texas monthly that's the one to read if you're interested in this sure. story but until that guy michael hall stumbled on these facts and put it all together we wouldn't nearly have the detail that we have here right. this exactly. night right now because the documentaries are very broad they're very vague very similar to legend type stories and you don't know how much of it's made up, but he pulls a lot of the facts together. And that's why you can't even get mad at Toby Hooper for what he did with Eaten Alive because no. he didn't have nearly any of the information like we have now. So he was yeah. going almost he was going solely all, off of, oh, off of sure. story. Newspaper yeah. articles. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, he used genius to use real-life accounts to create fiction. Yes. I mean, it's been done so many times. Psycho, yep. you know, yeah. with uh, with um, you Ed know, that, the Ed Gein story. Yeah. With and Ed Gein you, again, with Texas Chainsaw, also by Toby Hooper. Right. Both and his the, first two movies. And the Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, basically know. based on serial killers. Right. And then this, you know, with the Joe Ball story. Yep. So, And he's from Texas. Yes. Toby Hooper's a Texan from Austin. So, you know, it just kind of works, you know, perfectly for, you know, the whole situation. Um, now, Chris, Joe sounds like he was quite the life of the party. I don't know. How would he have done at <laughs> Shawback Nation? I don't I got no gators. I got a zombie dog. <laughs> uh I don't know if I could have handled Joe at the nation. I'm trying, to take, <laughs> I'm trying to trying to take all the ladies and kill them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Joe would have probably got his ass whipped, maybe by the Shawbacks collectively. <laughs> you guys would have beat his ass. Oh, it would have happened. <laughs> or might have been the best friend. My, oh, that's very likely. You never know. Could have chilled him out, man. That's could have chilled likely. him the fuck oh, maybe, out. Man. Maybe I fucking could have killed some bitches too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, Dolores, she turns up in San Diego claiming she left Texas to start a new life. Uh, she would tell the police uh, newspaper reporters, uh, you know, that Joe was a sweet man and he only killed two women. That's, right. that's nice. Um, the police also find one other uh, missing woman in Phoenix. So at least those two got away from fucking Joe Ball's craziness. Uh, after they examined the rotting meat, as you said, Joey, they they determined none of it was was human. Right. But again, we're talking 1930s. True. You know, don't know how well they're really checking anything. Um, and with the with the murders that would have came beforehand, most of that evidence would all have been gone, regardless. You would assume they, either they been cleaned the, up or they would yeah, have eaten it. They know. found the most recent of his victims. Right. So that's what makes you speculate, you know, if there was really any He might have started or, out that way yeah. and then changed for some reason. Um, after he got out, uh, so Clifford winds up, he does a plea agreement. Um, and uh, in 1939, and he, you know, pleads guilty to helping Joe get rid of two of the bodies. And uh, he's sentenced only two years. And after he gets out, he opens up a bar, Chris. <laughs> yeah, but... that was funny. I thought it was like, <laughs> let me try this shit. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what his bar was called. I don't know I, if he kept it the sociable. I, actually, I, think right. I, heard it, I think I heard it actually didn't last, which understandable. No, because people were fucking with him about the case. Yeah. And constantly want to talk about it and he just couldn't get away from the newspaper reporters yeah, so he's just like all right i'm out Fuck he it. fucked up he should have fucking gimmicked it out exactly oh bro. for sure exactly. yeah for sure he'd been bowling right now yeah he could have been like doing an ed gein's car type deal yeah. you know um after he gets out you know he doesn't have a go so he's off uh somewhere else hopefully at a made himself you know got his act together <laughs> Um, you know, the alligators are put in the zoo in San Diego and live San out Antonio. their lives. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you Thank you. That. I, I did say San Diego. San Antonio. Thank you, Joey. Uh, the San Antonio Zoo, and they live out their lives as a tourist attraction. So that's not a bad way, Joey, to tie up some loose ends. No. I mean, kind of almost like a storied, like you wrote, you know, yeah. to kind of tie it all together. 
Um, the only thing it's missing, though, is the prison interview with Stone Phillips. That would have been, been awesome. Joe Ball yeah. and Geraldo or some shit. It, it being such an old-ass case, like I said, there was only one picture of Joe right. Ball. There was no... Standing there, one of those old-time days. With a little fucking yeah, a bottle of whiskey or something. Yeah. Dude, it was so cool. But yeah, like there's no audio of him or anything like that. So yeah, any yeah. kind of interview would have been probably pretty neato with Joe Ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he would sound like. I right. guess with the the slant, the southern drawl with being down in South Texas yeah. like that. Oh man, that would have been great. Um so as we mentioned, you know, Toby Hooper's of course behind the classic Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Eaten Alive. Um and it is kind of cool. We just watched it on Friday. And I know you guys just did too, right? Yeah, I mean, Cashman. I had never seen it, but obviously Cashman had seen it before. But I was I like, it was "Fuck that! High. We're gonna watch yeah, this." Yeah, it's cool. Right, yeah. He's it's like, cool. "Dude, fuck it, we watch it." <laughs> yeah, and it's this we were creepy Mary, dude. We've been watching Married with Children. He's like, "I was like, did you bring Married with Children with?" He's like, "I did." No, I didn't. But I brought this. <laughs> nice. so I'm like, "Oh, fuck yeah, dude!" Yeah, 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 it was cool. But you know, this creepy guy runs the hotel and got the crocodile on the property but they do make a point to say it's a crocodile yeah. not, an not an alligator yeah, he yeah. said it was imported yeah. <laughs> yeah an imported crocodile from uh africa and i did look up because i've seen this before but i just couldn't remember what it was the difference between an alligator and a crocodile the snout's the biggest yeah one. yeah the snout on the alligator is more rounded but it has stronger jaws on yeah. uh, the crocs are more aggressive and more apt to go after humans. So. Right. And also, they usually get a little bigger crocodiles yeah. than alligators. But fuck, dude, them alligators, they're still fucking big. Oh, they're yeah, big. they're freaking humongous. Uh, but well worth checking out, even if you just watch it to see Robert England yeah. as a much younger dude, guy as so Buck. so young, man. Yeah, it's really great. My name's Buck, and I'm raring to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how the movie opens up. Yeah, so uh, He gets fed to the gators, too. Um, and so that's cool, though, with Toby Hooper being from Texas using real life stories and he also i was i didn't realize he did poltergeist yeah. and uh the tv series of stephen king salem's lot which i don't know if i've ever seen that i love the movie and i love it's one of my favorite stephen king books salem's lot yeah even though i'm not a vampire story person i'm just not a big on that right i really really like the way stephen I'm king the did same it. Way. i, I really, think it was really fantastic very yeah good so anyway, uh, you guys watched it, so you guys liked it too. Oh, it's just like yeah. a classic, yeah. You know, uh, old seventies horror flick. You know, yeah. As far it's as horror badass. genre goes, it's top one of the tops for me. I fucking love it. Like yeah. everything about it's just a good horror movie. Yeah, it's fucking weird as shit from the seventies, psychedelic and totally, totally got a little TNA in there too. Yeah. You know. Um, I saw Buckyball interviewed on that one documentary I watched that he talked about when he was in the army, and we referenced this about the friend sending the comic book. So I'm sure that would be weird, you know, like yeah. you're trying to like make your own way and kind of get away from all that craziness. Right. And you're in the you know military, and he's in you know World War II's going on, so that's got to be kind of scary with all the shit that was going down. And so, you know, he's probably tired of, you know, hearing about it, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I looked, 
on uh, eBay and Amazon, and I could not find any no. <laughs> of the true crime books about Joe Ball. That would have been oh, so yeah, I'm cool. I'm sure those are fucking collector's items worth a lot. Man. Oh, yeah. So I did not, uh, didn't find anything on that. But uh, I did look up to see if Bucky was still alive. Uh, Richard Bucky Ball died at the age of 84 four years ago, February 2017, of natural causes. R.I.P. Yeah, and he was a retired from the Army, and he served in the city council and his church there in Elmendorf. So nice. seemed like a pretty good dude. He rode the rodeo for yeah. a while when he was a younger man. So he's kind of an interesting character. So if you get around watching that documentary, you'll see Bucky on there. He's just a really cool guy. Who did so. we, we talk about recently who went down and tried to ride the rodeo? Oh my God! I don't oh remember. no! It was the uh, the 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 uh, the couples, the Fernandez. Yes, Raymond yeah. Fernandez oh, said he was yeah, a bullfighter. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. I knew recently we had talked about. Yeah. yeah, we do so many of these. It's like what you like had me like deer in the headlights. Yeah, no, it? yeah, bullfighter. That's what it was. <laughs> what? Uh, anything to add to this one, guys? I don't think so. I think I'm cool. Definitely yeah. got to do a commercial for the sociable. End. Definitely yeah. need yeah. to do that. That needs to be a new uh, series of commercials for that one. Yeah, I feel like Michael needs to be in them too because he's like, he's the voice of the sociable. He is man. the voice of Joe Ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I did my research watching a couple documentaries on YouTube. Um, I did listen to a podcast. I'd listen to as much as I could stand. It was a man and a woman, and I I wanted to throw up. Uh, so I had to turn it off. It was just too much. I'm pretty stoked that that we did. I mean, as far as Joe Ball goes, I feel like we just yeah touched on about as much as you can and did it pretty well justice. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, the 2002 article that I mentioned in the Texas Monthly is called Two Barmaids, Five Alligators, and the Butcher of Elmendorf. You got to love that name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very good. I was really impressed with the detail with that. So go check that out. It's easy to Google. Uh, one of the top things that comes up, even if you just type in Joe Ball. Um, there's a lot of information about the case in there. So if that's interesting to you, check it out. You mentioned the book, Joey, The Wild and Free Dukedom of Bexar. Bexar. Yep. What a fucking title. Yeah. Written by Elton Cood. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, that's that. A, yeah, I don't know. I was like, C-U-D-E. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. Uh, he wrote the book. Good. But I don't know if it's about Joe Ball exclusively. I really wasn't totally sure. Right. But that one quote you read about the puppies and shit, yeah, yeah that's, that's in there. Um, I don't have it. I did look it up. I did not see any on eBay, but I did see one for 80 bucks on a rare book site. So... If it would have been more affordable, I might have bought it. Um, but that, I'm not a book collector, so what the fuck are you talking about? I you just see buy, your shit? I just buy paperbacks that are worth a couple of bucks. So, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I was like, did you get a lot of books? I do, I do. Uh, we definitely would have loved to have Tex on here for this one. Yeah, but, it been awesome, but hey, know, it is what it is. We'll man. get him on again next time. He's a listener, and so uh, he's just what a great up, Tex. Team. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a big name in the true crime world, Joey. This is going to be a heavy hitter, man. Yeah, Ted Kaczynski, the fucking Unabomber. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be a good one. Uh, a loner who lives in a cabin in the middle of nowhere who mailed bombs to people that he felt deserved them. 
Uh, he almost took down an airplane, which is how he got his nickname. And the way the FBI finds him is a great story, uh, a really crazy case. And it's going to be even more cool, Chris, because we're going to have Wes Pollock in here. Oh, yeah, dude. I can't wait for that. He's going to have fun. Yeah, former Low 12 drummer. I'm going to have and, fun. And Wes is a listener of the show, and we're going to get his ass in here to Horns High, and we're going to talk some Unabomber with Wes. That should be fun. Talk about some metal shit. We're going to talk about some shit coming up uh, some Low 12 fans might be excited to hear about. So I'll tease oh, yeah. that a little. And you'll have to listen next week. We get Wes in here. We're going to explain what exactly I'm fucking talking about. So you don't want to miss it. Well, I think, guys, we've done our fair share of murder tonight. I hear that music. He's getting wild. He's getting ready to come in here. CK (laughs) going to throw it down. So, Joey, what do we got to do? Look here, dude. We need to get our metal on. The world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers. And Murder Metal Mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Comics! All right, got the great metal motherfucker on the line yeah, with yeah. us. What the What's fuck's up? up, CK? What's up? What's going on, gentlemen? Oh, we are throwing down CK. Went down to South Texas talking some crazy <sighs> Joe Ball, the alligator man, Joey, the butcher of Elmendorf. Fuck yeah. The bluebeard of South Texas. <laughs> yes. Pretty yeah. crazy. <laughs> that was good. So, CK, you got a, a quite the act to follow just talking some Joe Ball. But you're going to do it, I know, because the band you've picked tonight oh, yeah. is going to be awesome. I am doing Stormtroopers of Death, which is a side project. Nice. Of, um, at the time, a side project of Charlie Benante, Scott Ian, and Dan Bilker, who at that time was with Nuclear Assault. Yeah, nice. Um, you know, CK, before you get started, you know, we should dedicate... This segment to our buddy Angel down at so or at the, the auto repair shop in the Bronx that said he listened to this and he wanted you to do some New York bands. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So I hope Angel's listening because uh, we're doing one of the Almighty's, oh, you know, yeah. one of the great ones. So um, the way this started was Scott Ian was writing um, riffs right after. Um, anthrax recorded spreading the disease that weren't really fit for anthrax. Right. And at the same time, he kept on coming up with these drawings of um, this guy, Sergeant D. And um, somehow he put it together. Him and Charlie Benante started writing songs um, like March of the S.O.D. Um, a lot of the stuff today would not even float um that's funny right said that would not even would not even make it on on, on vinyl no or, or on very uh, very machine. politically incorrect um, shit <laughs> yeah so they recruited on um, billy milano who they met earlier um at i think it was at the at, at the um god 
at um, CBGB's. Nice. CK, um, can I say, a, can I tell you a quick story about Billy Milano that I heard from Gary Meskill of Propane? Sure. We were talking about what it was like, or he was talking about what it was like hanging out with Billy Milano, and he said that his gas was so bad. He said <laughs> That's funny. it was like a delicatessen to the senses. <laughs> oh, That's so, fucking funny. So dude. there you go, CK. I'm just he giving looks you like a it. bit of information. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they recruited Billy Milano. They re- um. Recorded a 63-song demo called Crab Society North. 63 <laughs> fucking songs? Jesus. God damn. And then we're signed to Megaforce. Um, it started work on the Speak English or Die album. Oh, literally that's a classic, took three days. man. Three days? Nice. Three days. And um, God, you had classic songs like, geez, there's so many. Oh, yeah. Um Kill yourself, fucking yeah. Kill yourself, Milano Mosh. Milano Mosh. Yeah. Speak English or Die. Right. Chromatic Death. Freddy Krueger. Premenstrual Princess Blues. Hell yeah. Pussy Whipped. Yeah. Fist Pussy Whipped. Mania. Fuck the Middle East. Yeah. Douche Crew. <laughs> and um, so on. Fuck the Middle East. And, um, God damn it, dude. <laughs> And uh, it took off, and it did really well, and it's considered one of the first crossover albums that really got big. Yeah, right. Uh, well, DRI was probably the first band that that got big with a crossover. This album was probably put crossover on the map. Hell yeah, um, dude. You know, and I, I they didn't really tour that much. It was a side project. Everybody else was busy with their other projects, their other right, bands. Right, right. Um, in 1992, they decided to do a one-off gig at the Ritz, which I was part of. Damn. I actually saw that show live. Nice. That's, That's awesome. fucking sweet, I saw him bro. at the Metro. I can't remember when it was. It was in the early 2000s, I think, and they were fantastic. Um, I think Morbid Angel opened. Hell yeah. And, um, they did Rain and Blood, too. Nice. It was yeah, badass. Did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Charlie Benante was just, you know, he just started doing the chin, chin, chin. Yeah. And then they busted out into it, and I'm like, oh, they're just going to do it for a minute. They did the whole song. I was yeah. like, fuck, yeah, this was badass. It was cool. <laughs> but um, they recorded a DVD slash VHS at that time. Yeah. Um, an album, so so it was available on album, and um, like I tell you right now, it was was not edited at all. It was pure live; nothing was edited, um, and it, and it was awesome. Ninety nine, he subsequently decided to record a follow up to um, speak English or die. And in nineteen ninety nine, re- recorded an album called Bigger Than the Devil. Yeah. yeah. Another classic. Yeah, um, that might have been sucks. the tour I saw him on. Yeah, that's probably the tour because I saw him on that tour too. They had the Crackhead song, Kill the Assholes. Um, Celtic they did Frost. the Ballad of Walter Payton in Chicago yeah. <laughs> about a month oh, after God. Payton died. Yeah. It was brutal. I mean, that's absolutely cool. brutal. But they're just that way, you know. That's. Well, that's well they, their did, thing. Um, they did the Ballad of. Um, of um, God, what's his face from Nirvana? 
Kurt right Cobain. Yeah, he did the Ballad of Kurt Cobain right after he died. So right, yeah. that's just yeah. them. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Along with a couple of um, cover songs by Nirvana. Yeah. But um, yeah, they recorded it. The album did really well. It was it was a great album. I loved it. I did. That was a good follow up, considering. Yeah, for sure. It was good. Um. And in 2007, they did another semi-follow-up. was an EP, EP that is like an hour long. <laughs> um, it consists of two covers, two originals, and the rest is live stuff. That's cool. Um, so that came out in 2007, and that was um, Rise of the Infidels. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been on and on again, off again about coming, re- reforming, not reforming. Um, as of now, I don't think they're really doing anything. I, th- I think they did that virtual live stuff. Yeah, and they did the FTA, right, Joey? Huh? They did FTA last time, right? No, not that, SOD. That was MOD. MOD. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, thanks. Of course, they but, do um, they some did, of the SOD songs during their set, too. Right. Yeah. They did the virtual stuff um, for the pandemic with um, Benate, Ian, Loker, and I... I don't know if Billy Milano was on vocals or not. No, they well, I know that they did fucking speak Spanish or die, and they got Mike Patton doing vocals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Oh, that's yeah, I cool. remember that video. Yeah, that was pretty badass. <laughs> but they call him the Lone but, Ranger in it, I think. Something yeah. like that, yeah. But um, Speak English or Die has been reissued, God, 90, at least nine, four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a classic, it's, though, you know. All of them are still available. You get them. You get um, on your platform or what you prefer for online. Right. You can listen to them. Um, so, you know, definitely check them out. They're a side project, but they're probably like one of the most influential side projects that you have out there. Definitely. I agree, dude. Yeah. I agree. I'm not dude. usually much for band side projects, but I really love the SOD stuff. You know what one of my it. favorite Scott Ian side projects is? The shit that he does with Brian Posehn. That shit's funny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very, very good. Well, CK, what about your lost classic this week, dude? A Doom Band out of California. St. Vitus. Um, which, for some... Yeah, St. Vitus. I was so fucking album, stoked. I was big on them. Yeah. Which, for some reason, the metal community never picked... Were never big on them in the beginning. It was always right. the... Um, punk community because they were signed to SST which was um the the label ran by Black Flag's um um guitarist okay um so they never got they never I mean they're, they're, right now today they're they're influential in the metal community but back then they weren't very big as as far as the metal community and um that album's a really good album. It's, it's definitely a doom-laden album with um, just slow riffs, and it just punches you in the gut like like ten times. Huh. I'll have to check them out. I'm really not that familiar with them. Yeah, I like them. Like um, I said, I grew up on them, and pretty cool. I don't normally dig the doom stuff, at least not for more than a couple of songs, but... I'm willing to give it a chance. They yeah. got a they got a lot they pretty heavy uh, metal influence as you go later on into their other albums. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Cool. 
right, cool. Yeah. I think all, they were stuff, on. Their uh, stuff is available live. Check them or available online. Check them out. I think they ended up on Nuclear Blast, didn't they? At one point. Um, the last album I forget was. Uh, um, I don't know about the. I'm talking like a long time ago. I think they were on there. Yeah, I think one or two albums they were. Nice. All right. Well, we're at that part of the metal segment where we got to listen to a little onslaught. Yeah. A little six six fucking six, and then we're going to talk about what we've been jamming ourselves. Oh yeah. On. Hell yeah, man. Some six six fucking six from our buddies in onslaught, loving that stuff, and that tells us. What we're going to be talking about is what we've been listening to. Chris, you are the head of the Shawback Nation, and what is the official? Oh, wow. uh, what's oh, the shit? <laughs> what's the uh, music of choice here in the last week since uh, I've seen you? What I've been listening to, I listened to uh, uh, Kitty's fucking second album. I've been listening to that a little bit because their second album. Oracle, I think is fucking great. I don't care what anybody says. I love That's it. It's cool. It's heavy. It like I know their first album was like more new metal ish, but I feel like there's that second album, Oracle, to me, is like way heavier to me. I've never really heard of that. Uh, no, they like I said, I I didn't listen to them a whole lot, but there's certain things that I listen to. That's the Oracle album. I think is fucking pretty badass. Uh. And our homeboy Justin Morris has been in here on the show. He just sent recently yeah. sent me some shit called uh, "Devout Sinners," and it's just some straight up satanic bluegrass, and I fucking <laughs> love it, dude. And I, apparently, he said wow. they're from he said they're from here in Bloomington too. Really? So, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So like, he sent me that shit. I was oh, just wow. like, oh fuck yeah, this is badass, dude. Oh, that's so pretty I, funny. I'm pretty, yeah, I've been listening to that a little Devout bit too. Sinners. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Joey, what about you, man? I've been listening to a lot. A lot. Yeah. He's got a list over there. I, like, watch. Well, <laughs> I, I've been listening to the Colossus because I did. Uh, I had Vaughn come out and yeah, uh, did guest cool. vocals on one of my tracks, but he brought me the Colossus disc, which I had been waiting on since it got released. I was like refraining from listening to the full stream just so I could hear the full disc. I listened to a couple songs. Right, but, right. But anyway, so I was listening to Colossus. Uh, I was listening to Fudge Tunnel Creep Diets because I fucking love oh, that, I love album. that <laughs> album. Yep. Um, I was listening to Holy Terror Mind Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. One of my favorite live albums I was listening to was uh, Armored Saints, Saints Will Conquer. Hell yeah, dude. Like, as far as live albums go, that was a really fucking good one. Uh, another band that I really like that a lot of people might not realize, but I love the Butthole Surfers. Like, they're a fucking Gibby huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge influence on me. And I've been listening to Widowmaker EP a little bit. Um, really good EP. And then in the car right now, which I'm going to bring this up later. Dude. But I got the Jimi Hendrix Jimmy. Blues album in. Yeah. But I will bring this up later in the Mayhem segment, too. So there's okay. a reason why I'm playing that. Oh, but, okay. But yeah, yeah, Jimi Hendrix Blues is such a good album. Good Compilation, album. yep. Fuck yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been jamming. Very cool. CK, what about you, dude? Um, Sabbath, Ozzy, Angelus Apatrita. And of course, the mouse is waking harlot. Hell yeah! Nice. I can't, just can't, just can't stop. I can't, right? I can't let it go. No, dude, I jammed the In Malice's Wake album on the CD in my car driving back and forth a couple times to Sounds work. So it's good. fucking killer, man. 
Um, yeah, I've been jamming that new Angela Sapatrida still. I've been listening to Decapitated. Yeah. Kind of a mix of different uh, shit, some of the right? older stuff right. uh, and some of the stuff with the newer singer. Uh, I really like all of it. Um, I think they're very diverse with the different lineups they've had, unfortunately, yeah. due to that accident that killed the drummer and uh, took the singer out, uh, yep. put him in yeah, a coma. He's, he's in a he lived, but he's yeah, he's in no shape to be singing in a band, so it's very unfortunate. But yeah, they changed, but I like the different sound. You know, Normally a band changes, it's, it's like, like oh, I don't like that so yeah, much. Yeah, but I really dig the stuff they've done after that, so they're they're just great. And uh, I finally got a chance to listen to that new ACDC, nice. and I got to admit, it's good stuff, yeah. man. I, lo- I love I like it. it. I like it. Simple riffs, simple songs. Yeah, we had it in the background. We were driving, and it was cool for yeah. that. You know, it's cool for that. Like CK said, I mean, if if you want to hear ACDC, you're going to hear ACDC. Right. That's yep, what it exactly. is. Now, I think it's funny uh, that you said that, like, on your drive, you li- listen to the Amalysis Wake CD. Yeah. Like, when we cruise in, Cal- in Cashman's car, though, we straight up... 90s bro like the big book of cds where we're actually <laughs> flipping physical copies nice, of shit nice. dude like the big book of not just like the little travel pack <laughs> we got the encyclopedia of metal going on bro. i've i finally got <laughs> I love my it. copy of the new angelus apatrita out yeah. the cd and i put that shit in and it fucking sounds so much bassier and ballsier right. listening to it that way it's like what the fuck. So yeah, CK, you're starting to win me over. However, yeah. stream I'd stream is good. Like if, if you're like, want to just hear what they sound like right. or check them out. I'm my, the way I'm looking at it is if I really like an album, I'll buy it. But I want to hear it first yeah. because I'm you know I know you buy you know stuff you know right when it comes out. I don't know if I want to get that deep into the CD collection because <laughs> I've already got. A lot of CDs from when they were a thing. Um, so, yeah. But Shit, I, cassettes are coming back these days, man. Right, right. <laughs> now, we recently had a death in the metal world, more so the death grind world, Joey. What, yeah. uh, a uh, lot of our listeners may not be as familiar with these guys because they're from Chicago. Yeah, Flesh Grind, their vocalist and founder, Rich Lipscomb, he passed away, um, heart attack. Is that what well, it was? I believe that's what it was. Oh, wow. How old was he? Uh, I can't. I think he was early 50s, if I oh, still remember. Young. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he wasn't that old. But no. he. Uh, but Flesh Grind was a huge band, like Pete said, out of Chicago. Um, very influential. He, he had some of the sickest vocalists out the gate. Like, he was doing the gutturals that nobody else was fucking doing like that um he also was very iconic because he started united guttural records which i mean if you're in underground metal at that time they fucking had malignancy putrid pile devourment prophecy waco jesus i mean lividity if you talk about a fucking sick album from that time period in that genre usually it came out in united guttural so right uh, I mean that was a big loss. He he had stepped away from the scene quite a while ago, and he was uh, he was a motivational speaker, I believe, which is really oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, so he was really on some positive stuff. So it is that's it's cool. That's a sad terrible. situation, but sad. Yeah, he'll always be huge to so many people though, because he through his label too. He he introduced so many of the people from around our area to each other, right? To help you know create the scene like that. Uh, I got lucky. I saw their very last show, so I was lucky enough to see that. Oh wow! He was uh, 
just on stage he was an amazing performer and he was like really big into slam dancing and shit and hell yeah dude right he, he, he was a huge presence on stage and fucking you know i was glad i got to see that i know a lot of other people that you know i'm friends with got to see that too and i'm glad we did and yeah just r.i.p to him you know yeah for sure um now we've talked about before our 666 club it's our patreon supporter uh club of uh, vips and they get three bucks a month they get all sorts of shit chris they get that Dahmer yeah, episode that Dahmer episode like we just released that for everybody you right. could have got that instantly been like oh all right. right yeah yeah i mean the patreon supporters got that months ago but you can listen to that and see what you think because we're getting a lot of new listeners uh that Dahmer episode was up at about 1500 total listens That's already awesome. yeah a lot of listens to that episode. And so we got one on the fucking Night Stalker and one on we fucking do. Capone. Yeah, so. all already released to our Patreon members. Yep. So thank you for and those of you that do it. And we got one standing in the fucking dugout waiting to come to bat. Yeah, <laughs> so we've got all sorts of good stuff. And they get the episodes a day early. They get the schedule of what we're doing. They get the karaoke songs when they're done. And uh, just stuff like that. So three bucks a month. Link to that in the episode description, so go check it out, and we appreciate it, uh, those of you that support it. Fuck yeah, thank you. Uh, we've done plenty of metal tonight, though, guys, so CK, what the fuck do we need to do? Let's get a man on! Joe Boy Alligator Wrestling. How can I help you? Well, a friend of mine said you guys do birthday parties for kids. Yes, that's right. Our gators really love little kids. Wait, you mean you let small children near the alligators? Yes, it's a lot of fun. We have several videos on our site where you can watch it. The alligators love when one of the children get cut. The smell of blood drives them nuts. Turns them into a freedom frenzy. That doesn't sound like something I want for my daughter's fifth birthday party. You might want to reconsider. We're running a special this month for $49.95. You can have up to 10 kids fight the gators for an hour and we'll throw in free pizza and birthday cake with ice cream for any of the kids that survive. <laughs> so fucking sick. That one came out so good. We've been waiting for out. this episode because we wanted the Joe Ball commercial on the on Joe the, Ball Joe episode. episode. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Dude. Yeah, God, Michael I, I can't help the fact that that's great. I can't help the fact that like every time I hear it though, like when he says ice cream, it sounds like ass cream. <laughs> <laughs> ass cream. It's all the kids that survive. Free pizza and ass cream. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the kids that survive. So yeah, that's good stuff. And before that, of course, SOD Milano Mosh. Oh yeah. Classic. 
from the Speak English or Die album. Love that shit. Fucking right. All right. So uh, we are in mayhem, and that oh. is always a crazy place. And Cashman has warned us. And Cashman has got a story, apparently, of stories yeah. to hear. And this uh, we'll that, this hear might help clear up a little bit about the intro to the show. And, right. Uh, yeah, we had a little fun with the intro to yeah. the show. Yeah, me and Peter so. are curious as shit yeah. ourselves. So we this don't is know. new to us. Hell yeah. yeah. So t- tell us your story, Yeah, Joey. mayhem, man. I got a good mayhem story. Uh, nice. It has to do with my work again. Now, <laughs> uh, okay, so a real quick, though, before I get into a quick uh, uh, update on previous mayhem. Oh, no. I found out, I just found out Jimmy Scola, no mind but light, that guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so my buddy, Lil Folk, like, I went up and saw him in Detroit, and he's from Forest, too. So, like, I brought him, I was like, bro, I brought up Jimmy Scola on the podcast. You remember him? And he was like, oh, fuck yeah, man. Dude, like, <laughs> between me, him, and my buddy Tess, he's like, I think I need to record us talking about him because it's such a good story. Cause they fucking right, good- dude. But anyway, what I found out was there's a fucking park bench uh, in Forest down by the fucking Vermilion River or whatever, or whatever river that is right there. Uh, uh, that's like, yeah, whatever. whatever. It's like, but there's a park creep. bench dedicated to Scola there. That's oh, wow. So I'm going to go there and get a picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Another quick update is neck tattoo. Uh, yes. Awesome. I remember the last time I told you about neck tattoo, she got a little more comfortable talking to me again recently. Right. So the other fucking day, she's fucking over by me. Okay, so I told you guys that she was blonde, and she like changed her hair color and fooled me one time, right? Right, right. right. She's done it again, because now she's crop top and got the bob haircut. <laughs> oh, she's no. Like the car- she's, she's fucking Karen neck tattoo now. Karen neck tattoo. <laughs> but anyhow, so she's fooling me again. But anyway, she fucking, now she came up to me the other day, and I'm sitting there working, and she's just like, did the truck come yet, Joey? And her saying oh, my shit, name dude. was the cringest oh, shit God. I've ever. I was like, you fucking cut. I just wanted to kill her right then. Oh, but anyway, man. so yeah, she got fucking comfortable <laughs> enough. She said my goddamn name. Anyhow. Okay. Okay. So, so you've set the table right. nicely. Yeah. All I, right. love the, I love that it's therapy as well. Yeah. We're having fun and it's yeah. therapy. Okay. <laughs> so that brings me into tonight's tale of, Hell yeah. of dude. Dude. This dude. guy we call dude. This guy has multiple names. That's my name for him, dude. Uh, he uh, he's a truck driver. Okay. That I deal with at my store. So I've been with my company going on nine years. Ever since I've been there, he's been one of the truck drivers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um. Now. Everybody at work, whenever I started there, because he had already been delivering and stuff. Before you, know what you started, right, yeah, right. They all call him Crackhead to this day. <laughs> to this day, I love Crackheads. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like wow. his nickname is Crackhead. Like okay. for the longest time, that's the only thing I ever knew him as was Just, Crackhead. Does he answer to that's Crackhead? So no, like they okay. didn't call him that. But I'm saying, oh, I got you. They were all like, right. "Oh, Crackhead's here." Oh, crack. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Right. Come to find out, his name is Steve. So okay, his real name's Steve, anticlimactic. But me and my boys call him Dude because every time he said, he's like, "Look here, Dude," and he'll like tell us some bullshit. <laughs> Look here, Dude. Yeah, and he's like, and he's yelling this shit out of the truck while he's working. So right, I love pallets and yeah, shit. And, and I mean, this guy is he has. 
he's just tall tales for days. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, like when I started, there used to be a really old man named Bob that worked with us. Like he had fucking been there forever. He's retired now. But man, he used to fucking hate this guy. Like, <laughs> like he did not put up with that dude shit at all. That didn't put up with dude no, shit. No, like he would he would tell him stories. He'd be like, "You're a lying motherfucker." You know what I'm saying? Like, he used to piss this old man off, and like he. I never really saw this too much, but he used to bring this cooler, and I'm sure it was just his lunch or some drinks or fucking, you know, something or other. Right, right. But, like, he used to, like, keep it, like, close to him. No matter where he was working at in the truck, in the trailer, that motherfucker was super right close to him. to him. So, of course, shit. everybody yeah, that's working there was like, oh, that's his drugs. That's his drugs. He don't want nobody <laughs> fucking with him. And, I mean, I'm sitting there like, come on, man. This guy's a truck driver. He's not just like, you know. Period. It's fucking. You're right, but this is going along with their crackhead theme of this guy you know what i'm saying so he's the crackhead he's got this weird ass cooler uh, another thing that he does fucking this just him he honks the horn like incessantly fucking oh god you know when he's there because all of a sudden you just hear oh 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 and then like and then like okay we know you're here and then he like pulls the truck up honk 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 yeah okay we get it you're back and he just honks like at everything and when this dude backs up oh my god He'll, like, do it, like, three, four different times back and forth. And it's like, bro, uh, you were just fine, like, where you were at. Right, you can't, right. You've been he, driving how long and you can't yeah. back this motherfucker No, he in. can back it. He just wants it to be exactly precise. And it's like, motherfucker, just get in here and let's do this shit. And, uh, <laughs> and every time he's backing up, honk, honk, honk. And so fucking, dude. Yeah, dude. And, he, so, and then one day I'm like, Every time he would come into our building, he would come in from fucking the opposite side. So he'd have to pull in, back the whole goddamn truck and trailer up. Uh, and the, you know what I'm saying? Right. And one day I'm like, why don't you take the, the turn up here at this corner and just come in from that direction? He's like, oh, I can do that? He's like, I just followed the GPS, dude. And so, yeah, so the GPS told him to go whatever way, so he would just always wow. go that way. So finally, one day I told him, and then he started doing it the other way, and it was so wow. much easier. So. Help a dude out. Yeah, no. Whenever I first started, and then like I became backroom coordinator too, like not long after this, uh, he, I was, I didn't have a problem with this dude. You know what I'm saying, dude. What everybody else called him crackhead, I didn't call him that. Like right. I was fine with the guy. I could work with him. He kept he would work, he would do his shit, and that's all I really cared about. Right. At first. Oh right. shit, here we right. go. At first. God damn it. So he liked to tell story. Like I said, he had all kinds of tales. He would piss this dude off, Bob, so bad. He would be like, Now I was a baller. I could play so much basketball, dude. I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, dude. Magic Johnson, I could beat him. And that's how he would oh just he would tell me the story. He's like, them dudes ain't really what you think they are. They got a team, dude. They got a team. He's like, I, I, I could ball. I could ball these cats. When I was in school, I could have went pro. I could have went pro. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, and he would just go on and on about that. That dude, Bob, though, man, he used to fucking hate that shit. But he would like, so he would get cool with Jordan. me because I would listen to his stories. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening so to his yeah, shit. So, yeah, you're cool with him. Yeah, he likes me and shit. And I'm like, okay, so we're still getting the work done. Now he's getting to the point where he's like, 
laughing about, oh, shit, I do this shit crazy, dude. And he'll get off the trailer and come, like, pat me on the back and, like, like hug up on me and shit, you know? Oh, like, wow. like, bro. like, I'm his bro and his right, pal. Right, and I'm like, like that, dude. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm not really cool with that. And then he's, like, getting really friendly with me. He starts finding out stuff about, you know, whatever. And uh, just from daily interactions. Right, right, or, for you sure. You know, whenever right. I would see him, usually two, three times a week. And, uh, dude, he starts talking to me about music because he finds out I'm into music. And he just fucking, he <laughs> oh, is no. like, he's like, oh, I love some music, dude. And he's, like, talking about, like, all the old classics, Motown, like, classic rock. And he, he had a pretty good taste in music. But he would just go on and on about it. And, like, dude, he was like, Jimi Hendrix, dude. He's like, I got, you got to listen to some Hendrix, dude. I'm like, I love Jimi Hendrix. He's like, I got this album, The Blues. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn for you. And he, dude. So he always talked about like his speaker system at home too. Like he would oh, show me wow. pictures, and he just loved. I can't remember the brand, but certain brand, <laughs> and he was just die by. He was like my 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 system at home, dude. You can hear that two blocks away, dude. <laughs> and he's like, he's so stoked on it. So one day he's talking to me about this Jimi Hendrix, and he's like, I'll make you a copy. I can burn like ten CDs at once, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. And he. Uh, he was like, so he's got this Jimi Hendrix CD. Burned. He was like, he was like, oh, in my semi truck, I got a system too. Listen to this, listen to this, dude. And uh, I'm like trying to oh. put the trash out after we're done with truck. You know what I'm saying? And he like just sits there and blaring this Hendrix out of his truck, loud as fuck. Sitting there like, you like that, dude? That's raw, dude. And he's just going off stoked as fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> so okay, so. He comes up to me like one of the next times I see him, and he brings me this CD. Now, CK, did I send you the picture? Yeah, I got it. Okay, so this dude's been talking to me about Hendrix, right? And he and he burns me the CD of Jimi <laughs> right, Hendrix, right. the blues. Uh, hell yeah! The way did he spells it, did the he way just give you one or ten, just of them? the one. But okay. the way he spells it is J I M M I, and then H E N D R I C K S, Jimi Hendrix, and I. <laughs> As much as he talked about this shit, he fucking brought me in. It's right, <laughs> oh So anyway, so he brings me the Jimi Hendrix, dude. This shit's Jimmy wrong, dude. Okay, so something else about dude is he also has he has this back strap, right? So he puts his back strap on when he works, right? It's the grossest fucking thing in the world. Like, <laughs> he's always sweating like a motherfucker and shit. This dude's from Detroit, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. No. This guy's from Detroit, so he's like, I don't know. Like He's like, he's from Detroit. I don't know how else to put it. He's Detroit. Yeah, he's Detroit as fuck, dude. So, uh, he, uh, so he's got this back strap, and it's so fucking gross. And like... He'd be like, oh, I left my strap down there, dude. Can you hand it to me? Oh, God. <laughs> so it's so gross. But I remember, so my buddy fucking uh, Randy, he worked with me, and he was like, uh, he was fucking around for a lot of this shit while I was the coordinator back there. So he got to see, he was a younger kid, just smart.
hard ass. He was so funny to be around. But I remember one day I fucking I was off work or something, and Randy had obviously done the truck with them, and fucking dude had left the fucking belt there, <laughs> and Randy was taking pictures of him wearing it and strutting around the back of the fucking. Uh, I was dying. He was sending me that shit at fucking uh, while I was at home. Uh, oh my god! So, so another thing that dude's really into is fishing. I mean, he oh, fucking wow. loves fishing, and he's like, he's like got the boat with the fucking fish finder. And he's like right. trying to talk to me about all this shit because I live in Illinois, even though I don't fucking fish for shit. Right. But this other dude, Curdy Bird, that's what I call him because that's what we went by. Fucking, he did the beats on one of my fucking uh, EPs for Gormonger. Hell yeah. But anyway. He was into fishing. So I fucking pawned him off. I'm like, oh, you know who likes fishing? Oh, dude, nice. this guy comes. Dude nice. likes fishing. Yeah, and fucking dude's like, oh, dude, you like fishing? He just starts talking to him oh. about all this shit. And, fucking, and that was fucking good shit. Nice. So, all right, so as time goes on, this dude's getting more fucking comfortable with me. Every now and then, he would start bringing up some shit that involved, like, race or fucking politics and shit and i tried to tell this guy i'm like man don't talk to me about none of that stuff because it's going to do nothing but uh cause an argument or you know what i'm saying right i'm just trying to be at work i'm taking in the truck in right. the morning i'm just I get along to- with you if right I to, right if I get, yeah. but he would start bringing this shit up and like i would start getting fucking hostile about it. i'm like bro you need to stop talking about what you're talking about you know what i'm saying i'm getting fucking right. pissed and then something else he would start doing man he would fucking start getting up off the truck and shit. So, like, if he was ahead of what we were doing and people weren't fast enough getting their stuff done, he would, like, come off and, like, come try to... I'm like... Like, he's uh, helping. Yeah, I'm like, no, bro. I'm like, you get back up in that truck right now and you do your work or I'm going to call DC on you. Uh, our, you know, our district. Right, yeah, right. yeah. I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm not going to have you down here bothering right. these people. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he fucking really, really started getting fucking pissed off or getting <laughs> pissed off. And I fucking just laid into him one day. And I'm like, don't fucking talk to me anymore. I was like, do your work. I'm going to do my work. And that's fucking it. And like, it all came to a head at that point. Oh, wow. And fucking after that, like, so he would come and we would just do our work and we would bust it out fast and we would right, get, get it her done. done. Yeah, and it was, he like he understood, man. I wasn't fucking cool with that shit at all. Like he's like, man, why are you getting hostile? And I'm like, hey, man, you're why fucking, ain't you doing your shit? Yeah, do your shit and stop talking about what you're talking about. Like I won't right. get into all the details, but it was some pretty, you know, what I'm saying, oh yeah, controversial shit. So uh, anyhow, after all this, I ended up not being backroom coordinator no more. Ah. And, I remember at first, when I first fucking went on the floor, I seen him come in one time, like, on the floor. He's like, I'm just looking for my buddy, dude. And I'm pretty sure he was talking about me. Like, he didn't say that to me, but uh, I was just kind of ducking out, trying not to fucking see him anymore. And so I kind of forgot about this guy. And it's probably the whole reason why I've never told this story yet. Right. And then I recently went back and did truck with them, and he was the one that was doing it. <laughs> he just and, shows yeah, up. And, and I'm like, nowhere. oh, shit, I hear the honk, 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 honk. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hell no. And fucking, uh, so uh, it's, it's cold. It was really cold at that time, like when the temperature's real cold. Oh, wow. So I had the hood on. I had my hat on over my eyes. I was like, I don't even want to see this guy. Like, I don't want him to know it's me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. I'm sure he and was so I didn't talk to him, yeah. But uh, I know that the the new girl that works there, that this coordinator now, I heard her telling me uh, the other day. She was like, "If that motherfucker calls me sweetheart one more time, I'm gonna fucking flip out." So, right? oh, so wow. it's funny that she's kind of having a little issue with him. But anyway, yeah, that's the story of Steve, dude. 
Dude. Dude. Yeah, I mean, that dude would come up with the funniest shit. I wish I could think of all the tales he told, but. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was a good one to tell. That is a good one to tell. That's good. That's good, man. Those are great. Yeah, the mayhem stories are just so much fun. We've had some good ones. Ridiculous, man. That's for sure. (laughs) Jimi Hendrix, dude. (laughs) Jimi Hendrix. Can't even smell that shit right (laughs) I. I mentioned earlier, you know, we were talking about Tony Campagna earlier. CK, you like that beating heart that he did? That was sick. I know. That was just fucking brutal. Well, I had Tony as my guest uh, co-host on my Voice of Dread uh, podcast, episode five. And we talked about his company, Spellbound Effects and Art. And all the shit that he creates, the sickness, like that we just talked about, that beating heart. Yep. He's always coming up with cool stuff, and we get into it. We talk about what got him interested in art. Uh, talks about a project he did in high school where he used real animal blood from the butcher for a painting he did. And so it's just good stuff. So check out this little 10-minute clip hey, of that. Hold on, hold on. Before you play the clip real quick. Yeah. The thing about Tony, his artwork, the thumb drives, dude. Yeah. Like at work, we fuck, we, we got little uh, thumb drives all around, all over the place. But he's right. are literally thumbs. Yeah. It's like so a like, real thumb. It's like, oh, which one has this backup on it? Which one has this right. backup on it? You know that So, one. yeah. So, if, uh, we're about to order a couple of his thumb drives. Awesome, yeah. Just to fucking, so we know it's like, yeah. these are the ones we need. You know why? It's a thumb. Yeah. So, yeah. Nobody will have one like that. Nobody. Not that realistic. So, let's check out this 10-minute clip of that voice of dread I just did oh, with Tony. My oh, Facebook yeah. news feed is where I found you. I saw this video of the lamp, and I was like... Oh, my God, where the hell do I get that? And I remember going on your page, and I'm looking at all the stuff you were doing, and I'm, like, looking at the studio that I'm sitting in with blood spatters all over the walls and serial killer masks. (laughs) And I'm like, I got to get with this guy to see if he wants to collaborate and sponsor the show because we're, like, hand in glove with what we're doing. and. And so that's how I first got a hold of you. But I'm amazed at all the stuff you do. I mean, the the vests, the cowboy hats that all look like human skin. The COVID masks are sick. Um, how, I mean, what is that process like? I mean, obviously, you're not going to give away secrets. But how does that happen from, you know, start to finish in a kind of a thumbnail sketch? So, yeah, I use all life casts, so like 90% of my stuff is I've cast it off of, you know, body parts. Right. And, then, you know, you have your mold, and I have several different kinds of molds I use, and um, then you pour the silicone in, and uh, voila, you have a body part. <laughs> but right. there's tons of, there's tons of, like, tutorials. and Like, you know, I'll get people to ask me, and, you know, in the beginning I actually, you know, told several people like what i was using and then all of a sudden i see like the same stuff they're they're Uh, putting up the same and i'm like all right whatever so you know from then on i was like you know what i'll just there's i learned on youtube to use some of these chemicals like it's all right there you just have to the information's there you just have to grab it right you know so it's uh it's a lot of trial and error a lot of expensive mistakes but you know I, i think um that's another area i'm in this year is i'm just trying to perfect like you know my material use and 
right. get more, be more efficient. And it's a very, you know, it's a, a caustic thing for the environment with the chemicals. So I really try and recycle everything. I started selling my like scrap uh, silicone as like flesh parts that you can decorate like the set, a set, you know, in a haunted house or something. Oh, sure. No, Just trying to reuse idea. stuff. So it's not, you know, everything's getting thrown out because right. you know, those body parts are going to be around forever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's really cool. Um, so how long does it take like to do one of the forearms? I mean, from start to finish, from how long start so to finish a forearm, you know, it's, uh, my stuff cures and, and, in minutes so once i pour something up probably an hour and a half after i take it out i clean it up i i give it some pigment i airbrush the veins in it and then I, you know if it's got lettering i'll draw the lettering I, I really try and keep in touch with all my customers and tell them you know throughout the process so i'll sketch something out send them a picture you sure you like this because i'm going to start cutting it in right you know because each and then um yeah, so yeah, about an hour and a half, two hours if I was doing an arm from start to finish. Yeah, and I mean, that's the first thing you sent me was the arm with Murder Metal Mayhem carved into it. And I was floored because it's so dense. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, you can it feels real. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would hurt if you got hit with that thing. Um, now, I know that you said, Tony, uh, that you've been very involved with escape rooms lately. What's that all been about? Yeah, so I'm, you know, the the haunt industry really took a hit last year with the COVID, right? And I, I didn't want to rely on uh, a seasonal income, so you know, escape rooms are huge right now. Um, they're yeah. bouncing back from this whole virus thing, and a lot of them are, you know, re have reopened with rules and stuff. And right, and Europe, it's huge. Canada, it's huge. Um, so I'm really trying to, and they're always, it's, it's a year-round thing, and they're constantly upgrading their games or adding new puzzles. Or So I really am trying to incorporate everything I do to gear towards that, like uh, with magnets. I use a lot of magnets and some of the props, or the RFID cards, oh, like your cool. room key that's at the hotel, you know, and it yeah. triggers something. Um, so yeah, the escape room thing's huge, and uh, it's fun. It's always something different. It's always something custom that you know someone wants done, and you know I, I really enjoy that. Actually. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I know we had a, a local Central Illinois uh, escape room uh, that we went to as the Murder Metal Mayhem podcast, and we went through it, and it was pretty awesome. But I could see when you mentioned that you were doing a lot of uh, escape room work. I could completely see like all sorts of cool stuff that you could make because of what you do. And so that's a perfect thing. I think that's a great business smarts there to be able to do something year round instead of just relying on yeah, Halloween. And, and you, know? you still got the Halloween. You still got the cool Halloween stuff. Of course. Of course. And I mean, nothing says, you know, Mother's Day quite like, you know, a severed penis. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. <laughs> I know. I, I missed. That was another thing last year. I missed all the. Everyone's like, all right, so for Christmas, I planned on doing a leg lamp, like from it, but I just didn't have time. I couldn't yeah, catch up. Yeah, my wife really so, wants one of those. The, the leg lamp, and, you know, I was going to do, uh, you know, a heart and a dick 
for Valentine's <laughs> Day, like a combo deal. But right, I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty busy. Too much going thing. on. It is, but, yeah. That would be funny. That's though, all that, in my arsenal. It's all going to happen one day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now I'm amazed at what you do. Uh, I've been very impressed with the custom work you did. And when I came to you last year, and I said, Tony, we're doing our hundredth episode on Murder Metal Mayhem. And you just absolutely crushed it. I told you it was going to be on demonic possession. And can you tell us what that thing was that you sent me? That was crazy. Oh, that, yeah, that was actually uh, that was pretty easy. To, uh, when you said possession, I'm instantly, I don't know why, I thought of In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, when he's just like in the room with all the crosses all over the place. And I was like, okay. right. Yeah. So I kind of went from there. And then I'm like, you know, if you're possessed and something's coming out and you're it's a severed head and something's trying to escape it would obviously try and escape out of your mouth right so i just used the tentacles and made it like a creature trying to get out of this severed head that's on a spike that's awesome so, yeah, yeah that was fun to so do. cool we've nicknamed him spike and he's permanently uh, uh, on our table so that's his that's, that's awesome. his nickname so we couldn't come up with a better name i mean it just kind of says it all and i think that the, the the beauty of this is you told me your daughter helped make the uh, spike too which is even funnier yep yeah, so you get your kids. It kept, looking, it kept coming out like a crayon. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did a great job. It looks very realistic. That's really funny. Now, uh, what is the weirdest thing? And I'm sure this is probably an interesting question because you've done some really crazy shit. What's the weirdest thing that someone's asked you to create? Yeah, so I had to think about that. You know, I do. A, <laughs> I, I think everything I do is weird, but. Right. I guess the um, honest thing. So, uh, three, four years ago, um, we were asked to build. I don't know if you know who Russ McCamey is. No. But he runs a place called McCamey Manor. And they, they say it's a haunt, but it's really like a simulated torture thing that you sign up for. And they, like, kidnap you and drag you over to this <laughs> place. And you have to do all these things. If you're afraid of roaches, Oh, they're going to wow. dump a bucket of roaches on you. And oh, if you shit. don't like having, like, crap stuffed in your face, they're going to stuff crap. I mean, it's like, like, I don't know why anyone would want to do this. Yeah, right. But he, he saw us at, um, <laughs> at Trans World and asked us to build a, like, a shocking device, like a torture device. So we came up with an idea, and we used an old wooden school desk that's like from the early 1900s. And I have a buddy that's an amazing metal artist, um, and he made this huge harness thing that you slide your arm into. And we actually, it was a, it actually shocked you. Like we hooked a device <laughs> up that's used for like S and M play and stuff. Right. And on full throttle, we had the batteries hooked up to it. It was completely portable, so you could move it like around wherever you wanted. And you sat in oh the chair and you God. put your arm in this lock device. And there was a severed arm that you got strapped to that was next to it. And when um, you hit the button, you got shocked. And you had to hold the button as long as you could. Oh, and my, my arm God. Still, I still got burns on my arm from, like, testing this thing out. <laughs> so. so there's a little taste wow. of that. Okay. Uh, Dude, I fucked around with, like, personal, like, tasers and shit. Yeah. But, like, sitting there, like, just holding the button as long as you can. Yeah. Fuck, dude. 
Yeah, that's a good uh, little clip of that. But that gives you a taste of what the Voice of Dread podcast is about. And uh, I'm always working on new stuff with that. I've got uh, uh, my next one I'm going to be doing with Sick Rick of Sick Rick Mass. That's going to be awesome. Got the new Bundy mask we just put up here in the studio. So that's going to be awesome talking to rick for sure so ohio represent that's right now tonight guys got another killer cage match shit uh this is where we uh take a list of 70 killers that we came up with 70 objects and some variables and our listeners pick random numbers and they they decide who fights what they fight with and chris we got some listeners we want to thank got seven lies i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) we got stefan lyles going on we got samantha cram cram it up your cram hole (laughs) and we got uh tony blake get her in so thanks for the numbers guys we appreciate oh yeah it's balake tony (laughs) balake so thank you guys for providing those random numbers and it gives us an interesting matchup Joey, tonight we get the all-female match. Fuck yeah, cat fight with Rose West and Lizzie Borden. Nice. Pretty bad. A couple of mean bitches, man, that's for sure. Uh, Definitely going to be fighting interesting with a couple of objects. CK, what do we got this time? Um, They'll be fighting with a can of corn and a 10-pound sledgehammer with the variable being (laughs) Jesse Crickbaum shitless in the Magda hat. And swinging an aluminum baseball bat, screaming Trump 2024. <laughs> 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 so I had to put Jesse in there. Oh, yeah. Just a little love to Jesse, our buddy. boss about trolling, dude. So I took Jesse Creekbomb in a shirtless and a MAGA hat, swinging an aluminum bat, screaming Trump 2024. Oh, shit, uh, my In bad. there with a can of corn, a 10-pound sledgehammer, Rosemary West, and Lizzie fucking Borden. So... I don't know. Usually we start with you, Chris. I'm going to ask CK. CK, what do you think with uh, with this one? Um, I got to go with um, Lucy Borden. Okay. I agree. Um, she's just a vicious bitch. I yeah. don't. 10-pound um, sledge, or is she going for the can of no, corn? No, she's I going mean... for the 10-pound sledge. She's just pulverizing. Okay. She um, knows how to swing. That's true. Exactly. She swung an axe, so she could swing exactly. and just pulverize Rosemary West. Okay. Then um, after that, I think she's just going to party with Jesse Creepbaum. <laughs> All right. I, Joey, what do you think, dude? I, I'm I mean, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not so positive Lizzie Borden can pick up a 10-pound sledgehammer. That's what I was wondering, <laughs> if the can of corn would just be easier well, and quicker. You know, what I think, be bludgeoning. I feel like the can of corn is going fucking straight up Jesse Creekbomb's ass. Oh, ah, he's he's, yeah, he's moving that while he's watching. <laughs> I think Rosemary West is going to get the 10-pound sledgehammer and, and beat Lizzie Borden to death. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with Rose West in this, and I think Jesse's going to be fucking corn-chugging. In the asshole, <laughs> nice. in like the that. corner, like watching like the whole thing. Wow. Chris, what do you think, dude? Man, I, I have nothing after what Cashman just said, but <laughs> as far as Lizzie Borden and uh, Rosemary, fucking, they're in the middle. So uh, Lizzie Borden's got the youth. She's running in. She's going to grab the, the right. fucking hammer. She's going to swing it around because she's a swinger. <sighs> <laughs> meaning the acts not sexual orientation right, right. <laughs> anyway fuck it anyway but 
I'm going to give it a... God damn it, you win. <laughs> Jesse's ass wins this battle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking Rosemary West is a pretty stout woman. Uh, Lizzie Borden was, I think, more you know slender. Yeah. I don't know if she's got the strength to be swinging. It's a 10-pound sledgehammer, but she was swinging an axe. And was doing it like repeatedly. No, a ten-pound so. hammer is not light. Yeah. No. So At that's all. why I'm thinking maybe the can of corn for just quick strikes. I mean, you start getting beat about the head with a can of corn, you're going to be pretty fucked up. True. But if you've, if that's you've why I think if away. Rosemary West got a hold of the, she could swing that ten-pound sledge. Right. She gets a hold of that shit. I think Lizzie Borden's sell. fucking done for. So if Rosemary is running at her with the with the hammer. And Lizzie Borden just, okay, you're running at me and just threw the can of corn right at her face. Right. It's going to drop you, dude, no matter what. Well, like, yeah, for sure. a full can of corn. <laughs> and if the edge catches you in the fucking nose bridge. Right. I said nose bridge. <laughs> what about Jesse in the shirtless and the MAGA hat? With oh, the, he's just drunk. But you don't think he's an issue here with this? Oh, he wins every battle. He wins every battle. All right. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting one, the the all-female uh, pick, and that's just random with the listeners, so that's just fun. Love doing some Killer Cage match. All right, well, we found out over the weekend that the Revenant Con that we were scheduled to appear at in May unfortunately has been postponed like everything else due to the COVID issues. Now, Brian Ward, the guy behind that, uh, of course, he's also behind the Dark History and Horror Convention, and he has set that, Chris. We got some dates of when that is. Friday, yes, October twenty second, and Saturday the twenty third. That's going to be really cool. So, Two yeah. days only. Uh, Friday evening, Saturday it's all, all day, day Saturday. Yeah, and it's going to be at the I Hotel in Champaign, Illinois, which is a really nice place. Uh, good location. We are, of course, going to have details as it gets closer. But right now, that's about as much as I know. And he's getting. Uh, people signing up for that left and right now that this other one's canceled. Uh, we switched from that to the Dark History, which we would have done dark, anyway for sure. You know, Dark History, like the last two we've done have been awesome. Met They've some been really cool. People. Yeah, for sure. So we'll keep you posted on that. I'm sure we'll have Brian on. And Brian's got that new um, uh, podcast that he's doing too. Um, and I'm trying to think. I, I feel bad that I don't know the name off the top of my head. But it's uh, it's good. I listened to uh, their first episode, and I thought it was I thought it was well done. So uh, we'll keep you posted though on the dark history and horror convention. Uh, but, uh, I think we've done plenty of mayhem tonight, guys. So let's hit that fucking outro. God damn. Some flesh grind, Joey. Oh, yeah. Duct tape and rape. Yeah. Duct tape and rape, bitch. Very sad to hear about that singer, and I'm glad we had a moment to, to talk about them. And I know, you know, obviously the kind of music you do, huge influence, man. It's, oh, yeah. Gigantic influence, and they're from here. And not to mention with flesh grind, uh, 
I, I'm probably going to do this backwards, but Jimmy was the bassist with Flesh Grind, I believe. He's a guitarist with Jungle Rot. He's right. a bass player for Jungle okay, Rot. Okay, so he was the guitarist for Flesh Grind, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, one. I think it was. A, I think he went to I, I, the other. You, oh, I like the way okay. you said that too. I'm probably going to do this back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay, Jimmy. Yeah, I forgot Jimmy played in Flesh Grind yep. too. Oh, Jesus. And our buddy, uh, me and Chris's buddy Jesse, who's the drummer for Sexual Atrocities, yes, he sir. drummed for Flesh Grind for a while too. Oh, wow, wow. So bumper music tonight: uh, Flesh Grind, Sod, and Macabre. Uh, CK Macabre, Macabre, <laughs> Macabre. CK, Macabre. who does your fucking intro music, brother? Crisis. Nice. And murder metal mayhem music by who, Joey? Low twelve. Hell yeah! And Chris, the six six fucking six music. <laughs> nice, nice. Academy Award goes to Chris Shawback. Uh, go to spellboundeffectsandart.com to support indie artists like Tony Campagna. He's got a great online catalog where you can order your gore and go check that out right now. Also, earlier when I was talking about Brian Ward, uh, the Dark History and Horror Convention, he's got a uh, podcast, and I didn't have it at my fingertips, but Morbidly yeah. Macabre. Sometimes when we sit here recording this shit, your oh, brain yeah. goes blank. Well, dude, yeah, two and a half hours thing. of yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Huh? So check out Morbidly Macabre. That's Brian's podcast. He has a few co-hosts with him. It's a lot of fun. So uh, horror stuff and it's right up your alley if you dig this kind of thing. And let me clarify because I just looked it up to make sure. Yeah. Jimmy did bass with flesh grind also oh okay not the guitar so oh i got you i know he played guitar in a band though <laughs> yeah yep um but thanks to everybody out there listening the numbers i mean 4300 that this past week's a big number so thank you uh we appreciate it and chris got uh the first comment there randall flag 666 Interesting. That's a character from The Stand. Yeah. Stephen King's no The shit. Stand, Randall oh, Flagg. That's the man. Yeah, Randall that's Flagg, the walking dude. Six, six, says, the walking uh, dude. He's the walking dude. All right, the walking dude. <laughs> like Christopher Walken. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Walken says, uh, hey, Pete, I really like your Voices Dread podcast. I bought one of your books the other day on Amazon. Creation of Chaos 1. Can't wait to read it. Love Murder, Metal Mayhem. Also, listening from Charlotte. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, thanks, Hell Randall yeah. Flag 666 I appreciate that. I'm sure you're a Stephen King fan with that uh, screen oh, name. Yeah. How can you not be? <laughs> Joey? Uh, Sasha Slay's bitch has commented. This podcast gets better every week. Love you, motherfuckers. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Hell yeah. CK? Planet Crusher said that Domer episode was sick. I think I need to join the Six 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 Club to hear those bonus ones early. Yeah, hell yeah, you do. Paid the three bucks. Uh, no doy. Right. <laughs> no doy. <laughs> no doy. <laughs> no doy. Chris, what about that last one, dude? Uh shit. Billy Dobbins says, uh, "You guys fucking killed every week." Listener from San Jose, no, San Jose, California. <laughs> San Jose is San on the Jose, top cities man. listening. So thanks all our listeners from the sunny state of California. It's uh, definitely sounds pretty good right now. Hey, dude, but it's guys, getting remember better. the night we were just sitting there fucking random shit on YouTube? 
And I played uh, that damn uh, Family Feud shit with Steve Harvey. Yeah. And dude said, name me a, give me a name that starts with H. Dude said, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Did you see, the, you see the video that I posted of our buddy that was at Shawback Nation? Yeah. That, oh, my that God. Was that great. was some good mayhem. That was dude, great. Dude, we should put that on the, yeah, we'll, we'll that put was that great. on our page, yeah. That was it's great. so good. So don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com. Uh, listen to all the past episodes. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out on Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iTunes, and more. Leave us some comments wherever you listen. Helps rate the podcast and move us up the, the food chain a little bit. So, hey, Joey, that's 666 Club, man. We keep talking about it. They need yeah. to get on it. Three bucks, go get it. I mean, listen to the fucking Ramirez and Capone episodes. Right. Do that it's going to be badass. I think it's, you know why motherfuckers don't get the 666? club as much as they should why is that because it's three dollar bill y'all yeah <laughs> oh lip biscuit baby <laughs> patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem and again we linked all this stuff in the episode description uh you can go to pedaltieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books yep. and if you want to check out the podcast i do now in addition to this go to voiceofdread.com if you dig horror and that sort of thing horror type novels, horror horror type type novels. novels. um <laughs> we can't let them go though without hearing a karaoke song i did this one definitely with joe not. ball in yeah. mind yeah, yeah, definitely. crank this shit up and until next time keep one foot in the gutter and keep feeding your horse to the gators ball do Friday night when Susie wore her dresses tight.